before our second date, I was like, hey, how do you feel about gangbangs? <laughs> and because I think lots of guys love the idea of, of non-monogamy if it involves multiple women and them, but they struggle with the idea of uh, multiple men and this woman that they also love. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to be with someone who's going to, like, judge me for, for having sex with other people. Welcome to another episode of Tune the Fork. I have with me husband and wife duo, <laughs> creatives, lovers of life, of each other, of growing, of expanding, of having a good time, of content creators, just beautiful human beings, Sheba and Billy Bunton. How you guys doing? Hey. Really good. Really good. Some of you may have known Billy. He was on a previous episode. We had a wonderful conversation yeah. where we talked about pointing mm-hmm. and uh, shit. learned about this brother and his beautiful wife during that episode. And something came up about like a part of your um, lifestyle and marriage that I appreciate you guys coming on to talk about. So um, non-monogamy marriage mm-hmm. yeah yeah when i learned about this as a lifestyle i did some stats five percent they say of americans have tried it at least some point in their relationships mm. and i was like huh okay and i think that's even you know a low es- estimate like for uh, for us it's like kind of a, a consensual non-monogamy but I think if we included the non-consensual, non-monogamy, <laughs> that, I, I, that, AKA cheating. Exactly, like I think the number would be, oh, would be much higher. 90, 90, 99. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously you all are here as a unit, but you're very much individuals with your own needs, your own wants and desires and those sorts of things. So um, since Billy has been on before and I'm pro-woman in the space of yeah, men and women, love. Tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of, you know, where you're from and what your, relation, what, your, what your relationship with relationships have been up to this, but before Billy. Wow. Okay, cool. So I am from PG County, Maryland, um, which is maybe like 10, 15 minutes from here. Um, I grew up uh, with my parents, middle class, on the middle um, of three, uh, I have older sister, younger brother. Um, yeah, I was kind of kind of sheltered, you know, growing up. Like we went to school in Virginia, but we lived in Maryland, and my mom did all of the kind of driving and stuff, and so we kind of were sheltered in that way. My dad was kind of a controlling person, and so once I graduated. I um, went to college, went to the same college as my sister had gone to. Um, and then I went to law school 
uh, which was also the same law school that my sister went to. Okay. And there I got my first boyfriend. Um, he didn't go to the law school. So you didn't have a boyfriend until college. Yeah. Okay. I went to a lot of like predominantly white um, schools. Uh, but also I had like very controlling parents who I knew it would just like, it wouldn't even it'd have been worth it, you know? And so like I found myself like looking from afar kind of at all of these dynamics mm. and, and until I was in law school and I was like, what in the hell is going on? I'm like such a catch. Why have has like no one thought to like date me? And so I dated this one guy, um, uh, a white guy who was an actor in, in Baltimore. And then um, after that, I met um, my next relationship, um, a guy that I married after six months of <laughs> dating him. How old were you? I was 26. Okay. You know, old enough to like recognize that like this is like, you know, a um, risky decision. But, you know, I tried to approach it, you know, as an attorney would. You know, I was like, well, you know, how far can I fall? I'm already an attorney, you know, and like uh, no children. I'm like doing okay. So like if we, you know, get married and we go to couples counseling so we can like learn how to communicate and things. And um, if we keep our, you know, our separate places for the first little bit of our marriage so that we don't have to like worry about all of these new changes, you know, why shouldn't someone want to like you with me forever, you know? Oh, another thing, sorry. Okay. No, go. Okay, um, my parents, they met at work. They, they worked in, in DC at the Department of Labor. Okay. And my uh, dad like saw my mom at like a bus stop, at the bus stop and would like change his schedule so they could like, you know, sit together. And then they, they dated for 10 years and like my dad would ask my mom to marry him and she wouldn't be ready, then she'd be ready and he wouldn't. And then my mom, you know, got pregnant with my sister. They got married at lunchtime and, you know, the rest as they say. So I had this idea that like, it wouldn't have mattered if my parents had gotten married immediately or 10 years in. Like they were supposed to be together. You know, they were willing to do the work. It was gonna, you know, and so um, that's what I thought going in. And I was married to, I got married to a guy who I thought was very like street smart and book smart. Um, he had like a double masters in business and finance and he was like a first-gen immigrant who had come over to, you know, um, he was in California, came over to Maryland, and I was just, my first boyfriend was like really, you know, it was my first one, and I kind of had low self-esteem because like no one had dated me, so my standards were kind of low. And so mm. to me, this other guy seemed more aligned with like what I'm looking for. Um, but, you know, the best laid plans, because, like, it just turned out, um, I realized, like, you know, eventually uh, my ex stopped working, and he would just, like, sleep all day until uh, he wanted to be a professional poker player. And one day, in 2016, you know, I was, I was kind of doing my, my own thing. I was, I was supporting the both of us and paying all the rent. I was the only one with a car because his car got repossessed. Such a mess. Um, and in 2016, suddenly my father died. Oh. 
And I told my ex, you know, because I was kind of frazzled. My sister called me because it was actually Labor Day. I was on a hike with a friend. My ex had been like sleeping all day. And so I came back and checked my phone and my sister told me that dad's dead. And I told my ex and I, I was like, do you want to, you know, drop me off at my sister's house and you can take the car? And he's like, no, no, you go. And anyway, I, uh, in the 10 days that it takes to plan the funeral, you know, my ex doesn't call. He doesn't come to the wake. He doesn't come to the funeral. And it was very kind of like, you know, it was interesting, actually. Um, I, like, the, I, I came back to get something before the funeral, and uh, my ex had asked me, he was like, would you mind, like, you know, buying me food? Turns out he had lost all of his money playing poker on the day that my dad died. And it was kind of like poetic. And I was like, Daddy, you didn't have to die for me to like get it. I was going to break up with this guy. Like, so dramatic. But it was very like, OK, should I wait for another one of my parents to die to see if this guy's going to support me? Or should I take this as a very clear sign to like be like, I've tried everything. And like, I got to go. I deserve more than this, you know? And so I moved back home to PG County. I was in Baltimore all this time. I moved back home to PG County. I was living with my mom um, for a couple of years. Uh, and yeah, in 2019, I ended up being in swiping distance of Philly. So, OK, I got so many questions. What about you, bro? What was your uh, relationship with relationships like before meeting Sheba? Relationships with relationship with relationships. Um, hmm. let's see, I think early on, uh, in terms of relationships, dating, notions of like sexuality generally, you know what I'm saying? I had like a Christian background and I was waiting for marriage before I had sex and things like this. I lost, uh, I had no real girlfriends to like high school, but I had a, lost my virginity kind of senior year. Um, you know, waiting for, you know, anyway, this whole thing. The first girlfriend was in, what is, girlfriends I guess I had in middle school, but like um, there's high school, there's college. I guess in college I'm a football player and I'm just out here you out there. living life, you know what I'm saying? But I had, a, I had a girlfriend and I would go on and off. In fact, I would like break up with her sometimes because um, I felt bad about the sex we were having and I would like use that as an excuse to break up. And, just a weird, confused kind of kind of space, and then sometime, sometime like after college, coming to DC and dating out here, um, I come into like a real like oh, start to question things and start to be free and meet some dope women, and um, there was a shift at some point where like you know sex generally, especially premarital sex, isn't a sin. It's silly to think that. Okay. <laughs> And when I was able to, to free myself up from that, I was able to kind of date and be, you know, a little bachelor through my 20s or whatever. You guys didn't start practicing non-monogamy until y'all were with each other. Oh, no. I was, um, I was non-monogamous probably, you know, in my mid-20s, yeah. When I got introduced to the term non-monogamy and polyamory, um, and I started to be able to look into what that meant and 
So you had always, well, in your early 20s is when you started. And so most of the relationships that you were in were relationships that were non-monogamous. Definitely, yeah. Okay. Like the label of like girlfriend was one I was really slow to use. And, you know, Why, you think? Um, it implied something closed off. And, and I, especially when I had language and a, and a sort of a philosophy that didn't require that, um, then there was no, then I was, you know, I just made sure I didn't call anyone a girlfriend. It's a way to kind of push people away, shit like this, you know. Had you experienced non-monogamy before, Billy? No. You know, I'd had, I'd had the two boyfriends, you know, the one that I ended up marrying. And so after that, I, I considered myself non-monogamous, you know. Um, I was like, I'm not going to, like, I recognize that like I'm the draw. I'm not gonna like tie myself down to someone. So I was like, you know, once I separated from my ex-husband, I was like free to kind of explore. I was like, I'm a babe. I was like 28. I was like, I'm a baddie. I'm about to like, you know, explore. So yeah. And then so in that, I um, I was actually kind of mostly looking for, for women on Tinder. It was what I had on my profile. And so it was kind of like when, when the first cishet dude I go out with, like I end up marrying. It just feels like a very basic bitch decision. <laughs> but like, it, was, it was cool to be able to be very upfront about like what I'm looking for and what I'm, you know, to manage his expectations. So you, had you been with women prior to deciding to go on Tinder? It's funny because when I ask what the relationship is with re relationships, it's, in my mind, I'm, it, it, it's probably just y'all norm, right? So it's just, it, it's hard to point out significant things if they're not significant to like. Totally. So I, I think we're, we're talking more like boyfriend and girlfriends and or marriages, you know, mm. as opposed to sexual encounters with people. Because if that, if we include that, I mean, it would be much, I mean, how many hours do you have? You know, how, how much tape is, is left? Uh, so, it's interesting. So you don't consider, consider, consider. Considered. So you don't consider, I hope I don't do that again. So, so it, it, let me ask a different question. Do you consider sex only a form of relating? Yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So when you guys decided to do non-monogamy as a, 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 a couple, what was that conversation like? Had y'all talked about that like out the gate? So our, our Tinder, so we both were not trying to be in a relationship when we first met. We got on Tinder both looking to hook up or yeah. have sex or just, you know. And so her profile made that pretty clear. Mine did too. Yeah, I was like, I'm looking so, for friends with benefits. Yeah. And our first, you know, meetup was just banging out. Yeah, our first meetup was a, was a one. It didn't have to be one. I, I, I was trying to hit it and quit yeah. it. But, but it was, then it, he was like, we, so cool. I was talking like, a lot of, you know, it was a lot of flirting and, and build up to the, to the thing because we connected in on Tinder and then it took about six months before we connected in real life. So. It was conversation. You left the country and, and all this stuff. So we were, there was a lot of tension and like. I left him on read like, for like six months. <laughs> and then like. Was it six months? It was like six months. Was, and you like was. reached out a couple of times. 
And then like I was about to go out of the country for a couple of weeks and I was like, let me humble brag about my travels and whatnot and that I'm not on this that much. But um, I had on my thing like, you know, tell me something funny or interesting. Um, because like, you know, most dudes on, on dating apps are like, you know, good morning, beautiful. Hello. Hi. I'm like, hello. Good morning. Like, I got things to do. Like, you're not going to good morning me to death. Like, I need to know that you're not just like blanket sending this. You know, there are way too many dudes in girls DMs for us to like do this small talk thing. Like, I want someone who's like clear that they've read my profile and that they're like, yeah, yeah. So you said make a joke about was it? I said, tell me something funny or interesting. Right, right, right. And, so I, and you said, like, um, rhinoceroses. You, you said, like, yeah. Are the um, only animal run, that can't jump. Look it up. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, I looked it up, one. Yeah. And I was, it was like, I was like, okay, it turns out that um, hippopotamus, mice, and white men can't jump. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. And like, that's something like I'm looking for. I was like, I want someone who thinks I'm funny. Well, listen to my Nasserus comment. Like, that's gonna stick. She's gonna remember that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's key. And then you were like, okay. And here's an interesting thing about me. And then he gave me like, you know, like kind of his history, like you know who he is. He mentioned in it that he was Polly, and and I I saw that I was like. Heck yeah, because like a lot of times I think on on dating apps, certainly what I saw it was like a lot of guys who were like looking for my queen and like, <laughs> look, you know, God first. And I'm like, oof, you, you're not going to like me. I'm going to burst into flame if I cross the threshold of church. So. What, what made you. What made you get there? Was it the previous experiences that you had with men? Yeah, I I found that, you know, I always think it's a good idea to like kind of be who you are up front so that, you know, no one can later be like, oh, I didn't know this was you, which is something that I feel like my ex did. Not that I wasn't honest about who I was, but he would find ways to twist it into, like, I, I had, you know, kind of buried the lead uh, or had not managed his expectations of who I was. And so I recognized that, like, people can do that. A lot Men can do that. Uh, they can... I found that like men kind of fall in love with me, with like the idea of me very quickly. And once they've been like, oh, this is the perfect girl for me, they don't really care whether or not I like them. Like their goal now is to con- like con- conquest me, to like convince me to like be with them. And so I started to realize like, wait a minute, I think I'm the draw here. And so I have to like be a little bit more discerning, certainly with dudes. Like discerning from an emotional connection perspective? Discerning from a, like, I'm actually very good at kind of telling, you know, if a person is for me or or not. But I I wasn't good at being like, um, I would override my own judgment really quickly. I would be like, ugh, he said this, and like, I don't know about this, that's kind of weird, but, you know, maybe they're a nice person, maybe this, let me give them a chance. When, you know, that wasn't what they were doing for me, you know, if I had any flaws, they were quick to like point it out and not have grace for it. And so I was like, I gotta kinda, I have to recognize that I'm the only one responsible for making me happy. So I have to, I might have to like hurt some feelings 
on that process. But I think it's actually much kinder to just be like, this is who I am. Like, let me tell you early on. Did you want your first marriage to be non-monogamous? No, I didn't even think, I hadn't even thought about it. You know, okay. it was my second boyfriend. Like I was, I was at that point, I certainly wasn't like, I didn't feel like I had a lot of like leverage. I hadn't even thought of it. I didn't really know of non-monogamous relationships. So prior to, prior to outside of, the, so let me make sure I got the first dude, first, the first white boy. Yeah. Then it was the married, the husband, yeah. the, and then, and then it's Billy. Then it's Billy. Mm-hmm. She's been in three relationships. I'm, I'm okay. I know about numbers and all that, but obviously you've been, you were interacting with men outside of the relationships. When I wasn't in those relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were not. Okay. Okay. So. And so I definitely didn't, when I was with my ex-husband, you know, he turned out to be someone who was very, um, like he had cheated in his past relationships. And so he, he thought that like that is also who I would be, you know. Um, yeah. Even though I'm like, why would I have married you after six months if I if I was just gonna cheat? You know what? That doesn't even make sense. Um, but I just saw someone who was like would read, you know, deceit and like cheating into everything yeah. I was yeah. doing, and so I just felt very like watched and walking on yeah. eggshells. So I, after I got out of that, I was like, I'm never doing that again. If I get the first little hint of someone who's trying Jealousy. to be like, oh, that's who you are, like, uh, uh-uh, Matt. Do you think the person that you are now is a person that you've always been? Yeah, I think I'm, this is certainly the most, um, the fullest version of Sheba that has ever existed. So the relationships that you were having prior to choosing non-monogamy were just, were just, it just gave you an opportunity to unlock these versions of who you are on the inside. It's not like they turned you into that. It, you were already that, is what I'm hearing you say. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, I'm absolutely. And I'm someone who, like, you know, I, I took my driver's test once and got the license. I took the bar exam once. Like, um, I only need a couple of examples of something before I, like, get it. And I recognized that, like, you know, I started dating late and um, I was like, shit, I hope I'm not going to have to be like these, like, have to have all of these boyfriends and all of these things. For, like, I don't, I'm not going to be doing all that. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of recognized that I would have to be discerning and, and I think all of my, you know, attempts at relating are trying to get closer to like who I am, like taking off all the stuff that I think I should be and serving who I am. What? I was thinking actually, I like to, I love the idea of tattoos as like leaving messages to myself. So I, this one is a essay quam videri. It's in Billy's handwriting actually, Um, which is Latin for to be rather than to seem. And I I like that a lot. I think it's great. I think it's a really good reorienting thing that like helps be like, oh, right. Do I want to seem like this, like this good person? Do I want to seem like this good wife or this, you know, real person? Or do I want to be it? And, you know, a lot of people are are fine with seeming it. And one of the things I love about us, we'll probably come back around through this conversation is we do, I think, reinforce 
the power of being with each other. Like, and it's imbued in the relationship. It has part to do with the non-monogamy too. This like willingness to let each other be and to like be open to what each other need and want and assess from that place and like build from that. So yeah, that's a cool I, tattoo. I like that. Don't want to hop in now or later. I'm trying to figure out. Talk to me about the framework of non-monogamy and how you guys set that up. Mm. I go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, one of the first things we did early on, so first off, we were supposed to just hook up and keep it moving, you know, but we liked each other and we'd see each other a bit more and more. And then, um, you know, I had other women I was seeing at the time and, and you were aware of and, and we were cool and, you know, you were free to date, and we, then I think COVID happened, we moved in together, um, but before that even, you know, early on in our relationship, she said the words, I love you. Oh, yeah, like a month in, I was like, I just, you know, with my dad dying suddenly, I was like, I recognize that, like, we could, we could go at any second, and so I, uh, if either of us, you know, die, I just want you to know that, like, yeah. in the future, like, I definitely, like, love you, and could, you know, see us together. But don't feel pressured to, like, say anything, you know, because yeah. I get that it's a red flag. So we started <laughs> off on this, like, total, like, this is just for, for kicks, and then she said that, but framed it in such a way, and honestly spoke to something that was there for me, too, that I didn't want to, like, deal with. I was kind of, like, I was in a, I wanted to be just a full hoe, and I didn't want to have any kind of attachments at all. And so I didn't use those words. I, I told her I couldn't, and if I did it, I wouldn't be whatever, but I really do like you a lot, you know? And then we kept seeing each other, and um, and then COVID happened, and it just made sense for us to move in together. Um, it just felt right, and, and I was averse to that, but I know I had to kind of speak to the intuition that said, do that, and we did that, and but we also had all these caveats, and we, you know, we wanted to kind of keep it honest, and free, and somehow we pulled it off, man. We actually enjoyed each other and thrived during a really terrible moment, which is also at the same time, COVID popped and I had to move and I was still, I, right before quitting CNN, so like there's major life changes were happening and we just got stronger through it. But one of the things we instilled quick and early was like this sense of, um, we wanted to be present with each other and always be like flexible around the present. So we do this monthly thing where we meet, we call it the uh, negotiations meeting. And uh, we meet at the top of the month, go to a restaurant or just chill home, usually restaurant, we just kind of eat, drink, talk, and you know, like really, we, we try to be open and honest always, but here is a dedicated space. If anything was uncertain about being able to talk about here, please put it out and let's do it. Let's talk about what was good last month. Let's talk about what's needed in the next month. Everything is open. Everything is up for consideration. Any hopes, desires, fantasies, whatever. Um, notes. <laughs> and uh, we have fun with it. She jokes around and brings like a pen and pad and fucking folder and shit. And she's got a lot of, you know. And then we make it fun and then come out with like a stronger sense of what we need in the moment. And every month, it, you allow it to change. And then at so, the end of the meeting, we like, you know, we do like a, a fake like... Blood Fake knife, and then we like renew our contract yeah. for the next month. And the premise is, after this meeting, if it doesn't go well, we we're, we're done. So we're, we're adding, we're only adding another month every time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? adding another month to what? 
Our relationship. Our relationship. We, we agreed to be in <coughs> partnership for, for Mo- another month. Monthly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the framework of the marriage? So, so you had asked before, your, your original question was, what's the framework of, um, of the non-monogamy? So I think that that's the that's framework. That's the framework. So the, 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 the non-monogamy is the, so you, you, y'all basically re-up once a month. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Re-up and on the terms. When you on the terms. What the framework is, oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And so actually, like, I think even like the framework of our non-monogamy, so we kind of started off, we knew, we started off, you know, just trying to hit it, hit it and quit it. And, and so then, you know, our first, maybe like the, the second time, after, after we first got together, I, each time I was like, I'm going to ask him something that's, that shows about myself. And if he's not into it, he's not for me. So let me figure this out soon. So um, like before our second date, I was like, hey, how do you feel about gangbangs? <laughs> and because I think lots of guys love the idea of, of non-monogamy if it involves multiple women and them, but they struggle with the idea of uh, multiple men and this woman that they also love. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to be with someone who's going to, like, judge me for, for having sex with other people, you know, um, or with them. And, and, you know, someone who would judge me for having sex on the first date or something. You know, what did he person, say? Right, he's like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he said, No, you're a whore, get out of here. Obviously, he said, He was like, He was like, Whoa, uh, yeah, I wasn't prepared for the question, but I was like, He was like, I like that. He's like, I'm down. I'm so you're so you're down, meaning you're down with her and multiple dudes, yeah, especially. So, technically, what I said was, I was like, What do you feel about? Gang bangs and group sex. Yeah, that was the full, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is, which is a domain that I have firsthand experience with, you know what I'm saying? And this was our second or third date, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, I, she was in every way all these things that I wanted. Like, and I didn't even fully realize it yet, but she's very sexual and freaky and creative and open and all of these things. And she's just, reveal, you know, she's asking these questions. At the time, it, I'm just answering it truthfully. And then I've, Continue to just keep getting to know you and love more about you. So, yeah. so then the um, the the first time we had a foursome with like um, another woman and a, another man, um, so two dudes, two girls. Um, before it, I asked him, "How do you want to feel after this experience?" And he said, mm-hmm. "You know, I want us to be like, I want us to get in the car and be like." Damn, that was wild. That was and like crazy. slap hands and like yeah. drive home and like talk about like the fun, wild experience we had. And so keeping in mind our our end goal, like the, the next day, how we want to feel helps inform what we do, like in the moment, I think. I like that. It's really hard for me to comprehend. Not from a judgment standpoint. Maybe it is, but just maybe just from a just trying to put myself in that in that situation. Let me ask a so my understanding in some of this stuff with non-monogamy and polyamory and all this stuff is that they're they're like relationship styles and then frameworks within 
the relationship. So, you know, you either have an open or closed joint, which y'all obviously have a open relationship. And then there's a one where it's full transparency or like a don't ask, don't tell type of scenario. And it sounds like you guys are in 100% full transparency. Yeah. Where the, the, the third piece, and I think is the big piece for me from a delineation standpoint is sex and love. It sounds like you guys are able to compartmentalize those two. Yeah, I think of sex, it's like adult play. It's like how we get to know our bodies. It's how we get to, you know, um, connect. We get to like kind of see how absurd things are. It's kind of like absurd to like put your body into someone else's body, you know, like, and to be able to like laugh and play and, you know, fart and to just like be, <laughs> you know, is like a really fun and intimate experience that, you know, um, I, I don't think love is exclusive, you know, in, in the way that like, I love Billy so much, but I also love my mother so much. And the idea that I love my mother less than Billy simply because uh, I don't have sex with her is absurd. Um, yeah. And so that's just how I think of, about it. You know, I can like love someone and or have sex with someone and or like, you know, have a have a deeper mix of the two that I have with Billy. And um, yeah. so, so so you obviously are OK with sex. Are you all OK with each other loving someone else? Mm. So, so it's, I mean, we, you know, um, the word love is, is a word, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and even all those uh, categories that you're describing when you look at different arrangements and pairings and such, um, they're words. And love is a powerful thing as a concept. I have a very unique and special bond and attachment and love to Shiba that, that exists. But, you know, we have um, a couple that we see fairly often. Well, yeah, fairly often. And, and they're good friends of ours. And we love them. And yeah. we use that word. But it's, it's different. And they love each other in a unique they, way. They're a married couple. And so everything, everything, if we want to delineate it, we'll have to like apply another word, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but it is what it is. And we just kind of re-up on that truth and kind of like allow for the truth of it. Because we enjoy their energy and their space, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, and they enjoy ours. But, but this, is, this is also something entirely powerful and I think, so again, some people have a whole range of stuff for us, for Sheba and I, I think we, we enjoy ourselves as a nucleus. It's not entirely amorphous. Like, yeah, we're, we're honestly like 99% of our relationship looks monogamous. monogamous. We, we literally yeah. spend almost our entire day literally in the same room. Like our office our is office, in the same she thing. Works, I, work, yeah. I, I like to, we're kind of like parallel playing like toddlers do. We're like, you know, in the same room doing our, our, thing so with non-monogamy like you know we're open to other people but it's gonna really help if you're already like inside of our house you know like I'm not, I'm not like one to you're like, not on tinder no I'm not and 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 only because I just recognize that the, the the pickings are slim you know and like the chances that I'm gonna find another Billy are are very rare but you know, but but you, you wouldn't be looking for Billy though, would you? You would just be looking for. When I'm hearing you guys talk, 
I'm thinking of toys. Mm. I'm thinking of using people like toys. And there's something that I need or that I want or that I find myself that I'm interested in. And I don't want anything preventing me from pursuing seeking pleasure in that way and in that in that direction or from that from that individual so that there's this there's this open format that says oh I'm curious about what's over there I don't want anything preventing me from doing that I've got the space that allows me to do that and then I just go play with that toy over there and when I'm done with the toy I'll go put it down because I've got this relationship at the crib that's interesting yeah, yeah, I think we're taught to think of kind of, I mean, this is going to get into a whole thing. Uh, I think a lot of us, like, since when we're, you know, kids, we our, our parents kind of treated us like, like toys who, like, you know, we can take pictures with. And, but when we cry, when we inconvenience, it's like Toy Story. They expect us to kind of, when they're done playing with us, for us to just, like, fall asleep, but we still have rich inner lives. And I recognize mm -hmm. that's how other people are. Yeah. They're, they're the toys from Toy Story. Like they still can form relationships with, the, with other people, with me, with Billy, with both of us. And I feel like it's, it's kind of more akin to like, I don't know, some friends I'll go to the bowling alley with, some like I'll like go to an amusement park with, some like we're gonna go to the bar together all the time, and some like are my roommate and you know best friend and like business partner and like yeah yeah i wouldn't use the toy thing yeah I, 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 it's for some reason it feels well for, i know the reason it's it, it, it yeah. feels dehumanizing and, and i do know that there's a strain for this i think if you go online and you go to certain chat groups and places uh who might be talking about non-monogamy in different ways like this exists there's some people who are happy to be a toy and that's also a like kink this. too like people yeah. like the idea of being like a a sex toy or like a human furniture, a like, thing or yeah, like just being exist. a tool for other people's pleasure. And um, maybe it's an oversimplification, but it's, 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 it, 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 my, so I'm going back to the initial question I asked when I was talking about relationships and the only relationships that were highlighted were the ones that you were in a quote unquote relationship with. So the sexual interactions weren't even factored into the response. So I'm thinking about it like, you know, on Facebook, when you had like, you're in a relationship or it's, an, it's yeah. complicated. Like, yeah. I'm not going to put I'm in a relationship with every person I'm fucking. And I doubt you would too. <laughs> right. right? That, so, <laughs> so that's what I was thinking about, kind of. And it goes back to the thing that you were saying. You said they're just words, right? The, the, uh, I yeah. see it as intention. Um and entering into, there are people who I've never been, I've had very strong connections with, that we were never in a committed relationship with one another, we were definitely in a relationship. And, 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 it, and it's not, but I wouldn't necessarily categorize it in the way that, I would have done exactly what you did, but they fall in a certain category, and there were some people in a category that I was just flat out using. And, and I, I'm, I'm as, a, as a guy interacting with a lot of women that you can just maintain a sexual connection with, because you, there's a lot of emotional, intellectual calories that you have to invest in strengthening something beyond just a physical thing. Yeah. And if you're spread in a specific way, pattern, with a bunch of people, it's really hard to, to, to invest in the way that you need 
but that might not necessarily be your attention out the gate. It's just, I want somebody, she give good head, so that's who I'm going to be with. I think, like, you know, do you feel that way about, like, you know, the person you, your pharmacist, you know, you're using them. The only reason you're interacting with them is because they have something that you want. And once they give you the thing that you want, you're going to leave. You don't think she's a whore, right? You don't think she's a bad person. You hope that she has generally a, a good life. And like... So, so this, I used, I don't, I used to think that. I don't think that. Because I, I, I started to be honest about my intention. I knew, I was telling myself a lie so that mm. I could keep mm. the interaction going. And because society frames a man's interaction with women that actually reinforces that kind of stuff. Oh, she know what she's doing. Oh, it's cool. We cool. She a friend. Of course I love her. You know, she, I care about her and this and that and the third. You know that woman want to be with you. Why? Because you Billy. Who wouldn't want to be with Billy? Especially if they get that thing on them. So who wouldn't? But, you know, within a certain framework, a lot of us will take the, what we can get based on what's possible. Right. So like for me, I, I think of like having a sexual relationship with me is awesome. But having a non-sexual relationship with me is also a very great position to be in. And in fact, the overwhelming majority of people who I love and are loved by me and who receive the benefit of being are loved not by sexual. me have never <laughs> fucked me. Yeah, no, have understood. never even seen me naked. And, and, and like understood. I'm able to see myself as a whole person and I try to attract to me people who can also see my wholeness and recognize that like just because I don't have every aspect of a relationship with Sheba doesn't mean I'm, I'm like losing out or like doesn't mean she doesn't love me. And on this other issue of like that fuzzy line of am I using someone or is this a truly consensual arrangement? What does that mean? Um, you know, it's a real thing to deal with and to talk about and to be serious about that and to look at that. And to be honest. And to be honest. So for me, it's been a process. I mean, I've gone before I met you, I was in a serious relationship, moved in with, with a girl. And the reason, it was after being non-monogamous for years, I get monotonous, you know, and I'm like, okay, we're going to, and it was, I had a pregnancy scare and a, and a scare, STD scare, and I turned into... Let me clean my, myself up and let's do this stuff. Let's do this the right way, whatever, whatever. Um, and I started to kind of play this thing. And I was working at CNN, like, and she was herself a well, like, credentialed, like, PhD person. And I had this sort of, I mapped out a thing where, okay, this could work. I could be this, but it wasn't me. And it, it just wasn't what it is. But to be, to be honest with, like, how you're affecting people's lives when you're dating, you know, you, you t we touch in lives every, t every second of the day when you cross someone and you connect with them. Sex is not a flippant thing. We don't, I don't take it flippantly. That's why, again, you know, but, but to have the, um, the honesty about what you're doing and to try to, like, to me, I wanted to figure out how to do it right. You know, my mom is the product of, like, you know, my stepfather. The story, the narrative I have is that men... Do this, men cheat, men, you can't stop them. You know what I'm saying? Good luck out there, you know, for, yeah. for the ladies. And I wonder if that's true. And the, and the best way to test that is for myself to, to do so. So I, I know what my tendencies and urges are. And so how can I navigate that with truth and with love with somebody I really respect and care about? Because you can't 
say that I care about you if I'm like living a second life that you don't know about. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, so I love what you said and I agree. And I, but it goes back to intention, I feel. So if you guys are in a relationship and a marriage and then you go out and then you seek connection with another person, are you guys going out, and you both can answer individually, whatever. Are you, are, you, are you going outside of the relationship to seek sexual connection or, or something that you feel you're not getting in the relationship? Like what, what is compelling? So like right now, if you, you guys are looking at each other like this, to each other for, every, for, for what the other person is capable of giving. Everything is probably a very unrealistic thing. So you look across and you say, I know what this person is capable of giving, because that's also a love to a way. I know what they can give, cause I, and, and, and I love them for what they are able to give. Mm-hmm. When you look across from one another, what is it that is saying, oh, let me look over there? Mm-hmm. What, 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 what is driving that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 let me go first. Yeah. I think... Um, Here's a funny transition. When I first got into the language and culture of non-monogamy, I realized that after a couple of years of dating this way and being comfortable with it, I had adopted a sense that I needed to have multiple women. If I wasn't dating four women, then I wasn't non-monogamous, you know? Like, and so the lack of this team or roster was something that I would notice and I would try to fill and I would always be out there on Tinder and swiping. It was, I had a couple of years of this and um, I think I learned a lot from that. I don't have any regrets. I, I hope I, I think I treated everyone with like a great deal of respect and love, you know what I'm saying? But Do you feel like you did? And I, really, I, I don't think anybody could, I don't, I don't have any words. Like I, I know that people wanted more out of me for sure. I know that there are women that wanted more serious relationships and I actually left stuff. I left, I, I avoided, I mean, no detail, I avoided stuff knowing that this, this path would create more tension. Yeah. And, and I want to actually be consistent and be, you know, have some integrity as, as I move through this stuff. But um, what makes you turn over there? I'm at a place where I'm not. Like, I, I, I'm at a place where we just do our thing and we have our... Like Ellen and Gina, let's say, right? Ellen G. Ellen Gina. It's uh, the couple we were talking about earlier. Okay. They're a lesbian couple. They're really cool. They're nurses. They live out here, and they're fantastic. And they're non-monogamous, and they are kinky, and they go to they go to events, and and they're amazing. It's just a good time, you know. It's just like actually one of the <coughs> kind of green flags when I first got with Billy was that. Um, he, he was telling me, he told me that there was this lesbian couple who he's occasionally the third for. And I was like, wow, lesbians who are married already don't have to interact with him at all, but they still choose to. He must be a cool person. He must be a person around whom women feel safe, around whom queer people feel safe. And like, that's a green flag. But I want to push on this point yeah. because I think it, it, I need it. I need it. I think it will help me better understand. Because there's, does my wife fulfill everything I need? Absolutely not. 
but I know that I don't for her either. But the arrangement that we made is that when we look here, across from one another, that whatever this situation doesn't allow to give, we then turn within and figure out ways to fulfill it for ourselves. And so I know that that is the quote unquote norm, but I'm just curious to know like when, when you do look back, if you ever do, and it was like, nah, let me go and look over there. Like you, you, you look back and be like, but nah, but I can go over there. Cause I think even in my relationship with my, with, with my wife, she wouldn't leave me if I stepped out. I wouldn't leave her if she stepped out. But how would that act? So are you guys non-monogamous? No. But if, if you stepped out, you assume she wouldn't leave you? She wouldn't. How do you know that? Because she said she wouldn't in our marriage vows. And, 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 and I said I wouldn't in her marriage vows. And, and my, and my, I, I won't. People make mistakes and fractions get committed. We, we're, we're, we're human, right? So I always leave room for humans to be human. And, and I think I, she hasn't directly said it, but I feel like she wouldn't. Saying uh, she doesn't have anything to worry about because I don't want to say that. I can't speak too far in the future. I can say I ain't fucked around. First relationship ever, by the way. But it's also the best relationship. You don't want to ruin a good thing. Exactly. But she wouldn't leave. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I used to do what I had uh, non-ethical. What's the word? Non-ethical. Un- yeah. I was cheating. Unconsensual. Yeah. I was cheating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was being a fuck nigga. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... Um, well, how about this? She may not leave, but it would alter the nature of the relationship, the energy. Yeah, if you knew it would really hurt your feelings. All these things feelings. That, that you appreciate, that the energy you have together, you, you would have um, injured something, right? It would. So it's the intention that I know. One of the reasons that made me want to start making adjustments is when my wife told me that I didn't have to make any adjustments. It was like one of those things to where I said, okay, I know I got this access over here. I know I can take this role, but what will, what will I think of me for taking that role based on what I feel I need to work on internally, what I need to overcome, what I need to address, as opposed to just succumbing to this urge that I have, that I'm always going to have. I've always had it. So because it wasn't until I made the decision to be faithful for the first time where I actually started understanding where all of these desires to sleep with multiple women hmm. came from. I didn't get a chance. It's like unplugging something from the wall. Like when you can't tell like what's connected to what, and you got to unplug mm-hmm. something from yeah, the wall to right. see what turns off. Right. You'd be like, oh, okay, that's what that's connected. I, 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 I like had to do that with, with my desire hmm. because I didn't know I started pulling the, the, the piece on the sweater to yeah. see exactly what was connected to it because I was like, I need to, I need to do something different. So I'm going to use the fact that I'm going to commit to this woman in this way, which was my version of unplugging, and then seeing what parts of me are triggered when I unplug that. And then once I did that, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I wasn't really, I liked the women. They were cool. Yeah but I was really using them at the end of the day. Now, I'm not saying that's for, that's everybody's story or answer, 
But it is why I feel I'm focusing, focusing so much on the intention part and wanting to understand what's causing to look to the left. If, if, if Sheba is as fun, go ahead. So, so in, with the thing that you found out about your, um, why you were cheating and all these other, it's because you didn't really like the person you were with. No. Something personal. It was internal. It, it had nothing to do with the person. So, but even though you knew, it would probably really hurt their feelings. So even though you knew you were doing something because of something about you, mm -hmm. you were going to risk hurting this person's feelings because maybe you, if you lost them, you knew this isn't like really the person. And I bought the, no, no, <laughs> oh no. It's the, I bought into the narrative that this is just what niggas do. Mm -hmm. I, I bought into that. So I didn't even start to so inter performing. interrogate if this was actually true or not. You like that? Framing that you were performing? You were performing. I, I, I was hiding. I was hiding. I like what you said, so I'm going to use that word. I was performing a function to hide from addressing something that was counter to the identity that I associated with. Mm -hmm. I've always been able to connect with women. I'm always going to be able to do that. But how I use that and the intention behind using that is everything. Mm -hmm. So if I met a woman and I was and, and, and she was in and we were open to having a non-monogamous non relationship, I know myself enough to know that that's how I hide. That's that's a way I hide is through sex. Even in my personal, my marriage, hiding is showing up differently. Even in the marriage, in a monogamous relationship. So the endeavor, the, 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 the framework of the relationship of the marriage itself is to be like, hey, how are we showing up? What what parts are being triggered based on the framework that we've set up and then figure out how to address that. And I know that people are making different decisions. And again, that's why the, the gaze to the left or, or to outside of the unit is what I feel. If you, if you, cause, cause you, you made a statement. I, if, I don't feel like I'm being me, I think, or something like that you were saying. I don't feel like I'm being true to myself. The younger version of me, right? Okay, so, so the current version, you don't, if, if, if you were in a committed, in a monogamous relationship, you don't feel like you would be violating who you are. No, I think we go long stretches of being monogamous, you know? So um, he was talking about his ex-girlfriend who, they were like right okay a, they were in a monogamous relationship but also got you the entire there was a whole the whole thing wasn't me no no there was um again i was working at cnn there's a whole kind of thing identity there that like i needed this this space has like i think provoked a whole level of artistry for me that's like totally different a freedom that i've been able to access 
And again, I think we go through long stretches of just being just us, but the ability to, um, to articulate what I'm feeling inside and not to feel shame around it and not to feel that it's something I need to hide from my wife, but in fact, we have a space to, we have a space where it's encouraged to speak and that she understands it because I look at her and I see me. I see she, she's just like me, like except she was born in this body in Maryland and all the stuff that she went through. Um, and so with that, we give each other the room. But I love the fact that we aren't, like being non-monogamous is just a facet of our relationship. It's not front and the center. It's not a definition. It. And it's just, yeah. But I, so you both are individuals, right? The decision isn't about the relationship, though, I feel like. The decision is a reflection of the individuals in the relationship. Which decision? The, 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 the non-monogamous decision. Okay. So at least from what I'm hearing, at least from what I'm hearing you say. So what I was thinking of when you were speaking um, a couple minutes ago about um, how you cheated in your past relationships because you know, of, of, of reasons and you're performing, you thought this was what dudes do. Um, and with your wife now, you know, you, you both won't cheat, but if you did, you would forgive each other. So I grew up, you know, not having boys want to date me and longing to be chosen, kind of, and seeing how other women are treated and that women cheating is not treated nearly as grace, graciously or uh, with as much like, that's what women do, you know? Um, it's actually punished very harshly. And I saw how unfair that was. And I, but, you know, when I started dating, um, I was like, I'm not, I, why would I, like, I'm not a dummy. I'm not gonna ruin this thing that I've waited decades to, to finally have. Um, I'm not gonna do that. And then when I was with my second uh, boyfriend slash ex-husband, um, I wasn't doing that and I was still getting accused of being unfaithful and looking other ways. And I found myself like trying to perform not looking at other people. And like once I like kind of started, I was like, that's actually ridiculous. I would never cheat, cheat someone I love like that. Um, you know, Billy doesn't belong to me. So I'm not gonna be, look, look at me, you know, like I'm not gonna like, cause I would hate someone to do that to me. So, you know, he, like in the same way that like, he kind of recognizes that, like I'm him, like, you know, he's me. If I was born into like a dude's body and the world allowed me to exist as men are allowed to exist, I might, it might manifest in the same way that it did in Billy. And I like that he's able to see me not as like a woman who's supposed to act like this. And if she acts like this, it means this. Like he's able to see me as like Sheba. The challenge with some of what I think what we're doing, I agree. I do not, because of how I know how I hid behind sex, I talk to dudes now more about understand, trying to understand where this urge is coming from. And if it's the source of it, and then to try to unpack that. It's not a trivial thing, I feel, to engage in sexual intercourse. 
with another person. Society has told men that it can be more casual. I also think that's a lie. Mm -hmm. We, a lot is happening with the man in these situations too. But yeah, I, I can't, I, I just lost my train of thought I, with it. I wonder if like we, we've been taught to equate um, casualness, uh, trivialness with, as, as a negative thing. Um, so if I have a casual interaction with someone that is inherently less virtuous than a deep interaction with someone, whatever that means, and like... Um, Why would that not be less virtuous? I think it, it just depends on how you see yourself. So I, I know there's this idea you know, that is, is, is wrong, but that like a woman loses value kind of as like, like if a lot of penises have been inside of her, that she has been made less good somehow, dirtier, um, less valuable. Do you disagree with that? I do, because I think that like it's, it's got this inherent assumption that women are not powerful, that like I have blessed every penis that's been inside of me with joy and pleasure and intimacy and love. My Jewish friend would call it a mitzvah. Like these <laughs> dudes are, their lives have been improved through this casual experience, you know? I recognize that like a quick little like, you know, dip in this ocean is going to change your life, much like it changed Billy's. And, <laughs> You know, I think we have this idea of, what, what's, the, what's the analogy I hear sometimes? A lock that can be opened by a lot of keys is, is not a good lock, but like a key or whatever, whatever. That's, but we never think of like a Q-tip that cleans a bunch of ears is dirty as fuck. But an ear that has been cleaned by a bunch of Q-tips is very clean. And we have these like... Yeah, your point, like the way the narratives are built, they're, they're entirely male, constructed, male-oriented, and they all set up, it, and that's just using words and scenarios to benefit and privilege this scenario. And it, it, some of these things aren't correlated, they don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, um, so, when, you know, part of Sheba, her comedy and her approach to things, it, it, it includes this, like, this unfairness, this way that society kind of, kind of tells women how to be. And I see it, I see it in your stuff and I, and I respect it. I know for me, I mean, I just, in terms of the monogamy, I, like, I, I know we could be monogamous, you know? I know we could, sure. if, if, we, if we set our intention. But that's why I was yeah. asking, what is it that's come, not to change mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys from non-monogamous to monogamous, yeah, totally. but just to understand the process. If y'all, if, if, if you're, if you're Th that's what I'm... Yeah. I think, I think of it, you know, I think of it like, um, like Billy and I are the stars of this movie. And we do all the scenes. We do all the romance scenes. We do the press circuit. We uh, go to the award shows. We win the awards. But occasionally, I have a stunt double do a couple action scenes as I play Candy Crush in my trailer. Does that make more sense? <laughs> It does, but that's crazy. This is, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like, so, but okay. You, and you and said, so it's like, what what leads this? I don't know. What what makes you want chicken sometimes over so what, this what other thing? When you when you talk about 
I think that there's value in fasting. I think that there's value in, min, in, in becoming more minimal and focused. I think that's true in sex. That's true in eating, like, especially intermittent, especially because sometimes indulge, enjoy, live life. Also, that's important too. But I think there's value in being able to, um, to realign and let things fall off and to understand, like, you, you've gathered these things. Why are you gathering these things? You know what I'm saying? Like I said, for years I gathered and I, my identity included, oh yeah, Billy's the guy who dates multiple women. I'm not there anymore. I'm actually in a, in, in a relationship that we call non-monogamous, but like in practice, um, it's like, a, it's like four, you know, 2% of our time in the year yeah, that kind of like fits this, this mold. And I think it's like, I value the ability to, like I said, to articulate these things to my wife rather than what I witnessed, what I think was the case with my stepfather and with so many other friends who come to me loathing their relationships and cheating and all kinds of stuff. I think the, the upper hand I have is whatever impulse that's going on that's present there, I immediately can articulate it. Whether we can, we can, we can, we can, it can be subsided, it can be indulged, it can, you know what I'm saying? Like, when when Billy had to go to a, a like a business meeting or, so, or not not even a business meeting it was like a a collection of a bunch of like nonprofits or, or things um, and he was he was gonna go for like a night and I used to work like in in nonprofits and I learned and it was like local kind of government governance and I learned that for a lot of people who are content with seeming like a good person um, they find opportunities to be themselves. And a lot of times that leads to them doing really harmful things that they know they're gonna regret the next day, that they know would hurt their person if they did it. And so before we went on this trip, I was like, hey, I know how these things are. So I, if, if you run into someone and the vibes feel right and stuff, please like enjoy. I don't want my best friend to be like, uh, I don't wanna, cause that's gonna, I wouldn't be able to, if I was thinking about like, oh my God, this would, this would crush Billy. Like, I'm not like getting wet with that, you know? And like, I don't want fear to be, and fear and like secrecy and scarcity to be guiding our decisions ever. So I try to like get ahead of it. Um, kind of in the same way, you know, you and your wife in your vows, you've already built in the idea that if you are human and you do make a mistake, you guys aren't just gonna like cut and run. And I think that's a very healthy thing. And I think, you know, even better is to like specify like, it's okay, you know? And I find that since we give each other the, each other the freedom yeah. to pursue relationships, we actually kind of don't, not even like, you know? Houston, it's, like, it's like something about yeah. the scarcity and the taboo makes people want to do it. Yeah. Like before I was 21, I drank yeah. a lot more than when I was legally able to drink. Because there was something about the like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this, that like made it more uh, exhilarating. Yeah. And so since we don't have to do that, like part of the intriguingness of our relationship isn't the duplicity and like, will we get find out? You know, like, cause that sounds stressful as hell. That fucking, you know that John Legend song, like on his first album, She Don't Have to Know, He Don't Have to Know? Beautiful song, but like, why on earth would I stress myself out by like planning these secret trips to like go to a, a place where no one so we can finally hold hands in public? Hell no, I'm not doing all that. <laughs> like y'all just gonna have to know who I am and understand that like this is who Shiva is. And she's not like a, an unloving person because of that. 
the, the challenge with it is I don't think I, I agree, and it's unfortunate that we feel we've got, that the distinction is either lie or just being this open thing. Not interrogate why, but it either has to be lie or be in a non-monogamous relationship. And, and, and I'm, but there's so much in between those two extremes to try to unfold and unpack. Why is non-monogamy an extreme? I don't see it as a polar extreme. Yeah, and I don't that's see a, it as a, like equally that, bad things like lying versus being open. Well, 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 in terms of an option, in terms of what people perceive there, like you just saying, what am I going to do? Put all this energy and lie and, 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 and like that piece? Or am I just going to go ahead and be honest and, and have a non-monogamous, non-monogamous relationship and, and be open about what I'm going to do? I'm not going to go over I here. I think being honest, though, like would, you know, keeps open the possibility that like, I, I kind of like, like would like to fuck that person, but like, I know it wouldn't be a good idea. So I'm not going to, you know, that also is honesty. And yeah. like, just because I'm, you know, just because like, I, I understand how someone is physically or emotionally attractive doesn't mean I never understood how people are like, I couldn't resist. Like what, how, no, like there's so many steps to getting into sex and continuing having sex that I never, I knew People were probably lying when they said, I just couldn't resist. You know, it happens like, no, it doesn't. And so I'm just very aware that that's how humans are, that we're good at telling ourselves a story about our powerlessness. But like or our power. Yeah, because sometimes what we what 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 we're calling power, like toxic masculinity is a thing for a reason. Right. Because it's like, nah, you niggas is doing too much because you're really hiding something that's underneath. So that works. That's why the investigation, I think, is, is, is important. How you investigate, how honest you, most times we, there's certain things we can be extremely motherfucking honest about, right? And then there are other things we're like, eh, I don't know. What are the things that we can be extremely honest about? Maybe in this example, I like fucking other people. But maybe something that we might not have difficulty being honest about is, I like fucking, fucking other people because I had this traumatic experience when I was a kid and I don't know how to necessarily address that. I don't really want to deal with it necessarily right now. I just know that I'm going to empower myself through this act because it's a way of dealing with what happened to me when I was a kid. No one will ever know, right? You won't tell anyone, but, but, but it's just that could be something that is just off limits for you, but it'll come off as if, oh, I'm just an extremely you know, honest and forthright forthright person and that's the thing when I when I was saying with my shit was so fucked up across the board I cut off everything just to see what happened and then I also was I had to be honest enough about that part of the process now if I were to come out of that and still start engaging in the other but in 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 the behavior that I was engaging in that's cool but I at least that's what I feel marriage is for men in monogamous relationships. Because of how society is set up, men, we get to do a bunch of bullshit. And it's actually condoned. And the unfortunate part about it is women, seeing us as the standard, want to emulate a lot of the behavior that we engage in. 
because we're doing it, but actually shouldn't nobody be doing the shit. But because the man is the standard, what, what, what the fuck is the woman going to do? She's getting ready to match. And men don't like when women match. The average man don't like when a woman match what a man is doing. That's probably because, like, the real thing that's going on is they don't like what they're doing. They, but they're being reinforced to. That's right. It's so, a power thing. It's it, a social, social, yeah. social norms that accept this and that. So when you get into a marriage, I just one second. So when you get into a marriage, I feel for, for, for God, the opportunity for a man to be in a monogamous marriage is that you're putting yourself in a position to do the exact fucking opposite of what you're predisposed to do mm-hmm. and conditioned to do as a man growing up in 2023. And when you, and when you cut off from that, you get to see all of the ways in which you've used and taken advantage of and, 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 and fucked over and hid behind, oh, this is just what men do. And you get to actually sit with that and understand the origin of some of it. Now, if you get to continue to do it afterward or whatever, but, well, never mind, you can't because you're in a marriage. But that's what marriage gives, I feel, gives men um, in today's time an opportunity to do. Because if you just leave a man to a man, especially if he got a little bit of money, I think, I think, honestly, the only thing better than what you described, because, again, there's benefit to, like, what is it, asceticism? Is that the word I want to call There's benefit to cutting things off and being, finding yourself, understanding why everything you do has a motive or some Facts. deeper something. So any ability to analyze self is super key, and sex is one of those things that drive that... Um, if we can understand ourselves, we understand it and better approach the world. I've, I've actually had so much shedding done through the benefit of this relationship, shedding of like versions of myself that have come through this relationship. And I think the only thing better than, the only thing possibly better than what you're saying about the monogamous relationship and what it does to a man is to, is to, come to a true equality with your partner. Your partner is your partner and that you are infinitely complex human beings together mm-hmm. sharing time and space and that every moment is an opportunity to, to consider what you are and, who, and what you want to be. And that there's a kind of like, you kind of propel each other through that because I'm supporting her in her thing. Sometimes she's supporting me in my thing. You know, I have opportunities to stuff in this, in this situation. I have opportunities to date that are not appealing to me because it's we're so good, you know, but we also have just a, a, a connection and a communicative system that I cherish. Um, and, and I still have the opportunity to, to cheat or mess it up. There are things I could do that mm-hmm. would mess it up. I won't do it. It won't happen. Like, yeah. this, is too, this is like uh, a dream scenario for me. But that's that. Remember the interview we had when I was saying we love each other to freedom? Yes. As constraining as our, as, and this is something else I feel is also another lie that has been told about monogamous relationships is that they're the right ones. Here's, let me take a step back. We make shitty motherfucking decisions and then we will judge the thing that we've made the decision around. Not our choice, mm-hmm. but the thing that we, so, so it's not that, Marriage is bad. It's, we make shitty choices picking partners, right? Mm-hmm. 
So we got our own uh, humanity, not just us three. But so in a monogamous relationship, and if it's a good, if it's good, there is an opportunity to love someone to freedom through a monogamous relationship. It does not have to be as confining as a lot of people think they have to give up something in a lot of cases, because that's the that's the story that's been sold about monogamy. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. But for somehow, some way, and there's all this super emphasis on pleasure and, 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 and sex and individuality and making sure that you're doing your best to fulfill all of that. And I've always, you know, and all of this therapy shit that I've gone through and watched and listened to and all of that, those are the areas where we actually hide as people, like food, you know, uh, uh, religion, sex, all of those places, the things that they're saying we need to be the most expressive, go be famous or, or go be um, successful and attain a lot of money. They'd be like, oh, is it really good too? It's like, no, that nigga just using this money to try to just take advantage and use people. But it doesn't, I know I'm going on a tangent. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be confining. Like there, there's a, there's a, I don't think we've learned as a, as a society yet how to how to how to structure a relationship in a way that has frameworks, has benefits, have 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 costs, have all of the things that life the universe has because we're trying to figure out a way to fulfill all of these desires that we want and have. I don't know if that I don't know if non-monogamy necessarily is an example of that in the same way that like or or even if like trans and wanting to I, it, 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 I just feel like we're trying to set up a structure where there's like this limitless amount of individuality and be who you want to be and experience what you want to experience without having a conversation about. What do we feel the costs are of those things? I think we've been taught really to fear freedom, to fear our power. So we fear if we were given true freedom, we would just go start <laughs> raping everyone, we would throw away our relationships, yeah. we wouldn't yeah. pay our bills, <laughs> yeah. asshole, like why? Yeah. No, yeah. no, you wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know you that well, but I know you wouldn't. But I do know the pressure and the stories that we've been told in all these different ways that we need these, we need this made up institution called marriage in order to keep men from doing what lots of men throughout history who are married do still anyway. Um, it's made up actually. Like if you don't want to cheat, you won't. Yeah. If you do, you will come up with the mental gymnastics for why it was okay and why it won't happen again, even though when it does happen again, you will give yourself the same grace and all that things. And um, I think I you know, grew up as a woman, grew up hearing women and, and being married to a woman as a prison sentence, that she's the ball and chain. You will have your last yeah. night of freedom. I grew up and, with that. You grew up with Same, that. yeah. And like, imagine if all your life you had been told that you are the thing that is keeping someone from being who they are, from keeping someone from pleasure, from having fun, from being honest. Like, and I internalized that. I was like, I, that's not me. That doesn't sound like me. That doesn't feel like me. And that's not going to be me. And, um, yeah. 
And, and, and that's what I tr like, you know, I was like, I don't want to be, I, if ever Billy is, you know, I know um, if ever like you want to hang out with friends or something, I know a lot of guys are like, ah, the wife says I can't. That's not me. Like, don't, don't blame it on me. Men need to be brave and to take accountability for their own fears, for their own discomfort. But do you know how hard that is when nothing around you says or, or supports or reinforces it? How do you think women are doing it? Because but, men are super supportive well, of us? Well, well hold on. How are y'all doing it? We have to step out and the floor appears beneath us. We have to have a trust in ourselves to know that even if I don't have support, I'm still going to be okay. To know that through all of the thick and thin and all the things, like I am the only one who has to live with me for the rest of my life. So if I'm not comfortable with it, I certainly can't expect someone who doesn't have all of this rich backstory that I have access to to get it. So I think it all comes back to you. You know, it all comes back to us. So if you have a, that was a good point. I, don't know, I think it's gonna, okay, that was awesome. <laughs> I feel a lot of what I'm experiencing now just in male-female relationships, minus the non-monogamy stuff, is an overcorrection of same way when you hear about black people talk about ain't no good white people and it's like dude what the fuck are you talking about oh it, it, we're overcorrecting. we wreck it like it's driving down the street and you like this and you just yank that bitch and 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 in our pursuit for equality for freedom for self-expression i feel we are We're amplifying aspects of the process of doing that, that can be counter to what our initial intention is of even trying to break free and create our freedom, to, to, to establish our own freedom. So when women, it's like when you hear a dude, tell me about your feelings, motherfucker, but don't start crying. Don't be boo-hooing. You can show me your feelings, but don't go too far over to the right, is what you hear some I've heard some people say that before. And so when women are going out and doing the thing, doing what you're saying, men, what I feel some of that is, is oh, when you hear women say they don't need a man, that's overcorrecting. I feel you need a man. Of course you need a man. For what? Oh, you don't feel women need men? I mean, our other lovers are two women who actually thrive despite you know, only an occasional presence of a man, like in a substantive way. So, please, how, why why do we need you? You also feel that men need women. Yeah, okay. I understand why men need women. But you don't understand why women need men. I I recognize the statistics about married men live longer than single men, though married women do not live as long as single women. The statistics show that the labor that women in relationships give to men is not being filled back up reciprocally. And when you hear women say, we don't need a man, that is a reaction to watching our mothers put up with men who you know, generously didn't like them. Hence overcorrecting. It's a reaction to the, to the patriarchal society. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we need, so two women who are choosing to be in a relationship still need men. It's funny to say they don't because they wouldn't be here without a man. 
So, so the two women who, the, the very two women who are saying they don't need men. They're not saying that. No, no I'm saying, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, if, if two lesbian women were saying they did not need men. They need semen to exist, but I don't need a man to be in my life in a sustainable way. Because that's, you know that's what women mean. They don't mean that, like, we could just parthenogenesis our way through this which is like a virgin birth, which they do have in lots of species. Um, but women are saying that the, what, what we've been told is that we need a man, that the only purpose of us going to college is to get access to a good man, and yeah. that once you get a good man, doesn't matter if he cheats on you, doesn't matter if he's broke, doesn't matter if he abuses you, doesn't matter if he doesn't really like you, doesn't matter if all of these things, your duty as a woman is to keep that man. Here's what I hear with him, and I, I know your position on, on men and women, but like, the, when, when, you even said it, it's a reaction to something, and so it almost is like, after years and generations of being told something, it's a reaction. It's like Blue Lives Matter coming, reacting to the Black Lives Matter, which is, yeah. which, which, oh, that's not even a good example. I, I see it as a react, it's a, it's a recognition of what's been going on. Women have been told that men are the heads of the family, they are supporting us, they are protecting us, but actually if we were real, we see that men are actually the ones most likely to murder us. We see that men have been the ones who have trapped our mothers in single motherhood and poverty. Men have been the ones who have said that women, sorry, you're not gonna get medicine or academics or whatever, you can't come. And so I think a lot of women have seen how men have exploited us, how they have used us, and how they've told us that we are lucky for the benefit to be associated with them. And now women are getting a more accurate picture of who's actually been carrying the team all these years. So the most, understand what you're saying. I feel the most accurate picture is that we need each other. I feel that's the most accurate picture. To, to, to the way we've been showing up has not been the best way. But that doesn't mean that good hasn't been present. That doesn't mean that positive things haven't occurred within those spaces. It just means it's opportunity for us to be better. Because as, as there's no way we're going to make this right to, as a species without doing it together. So what, what, like one thing I, one major impediment to doing it together, I think a lot of men have internalized this message that they are the leaders, that if simply women would just trust us, like things would be good. But actually, why would we trust men across demographics and, and time periods? Men die sooner. You, you make short-sighted decisions that are not generative, that don't keep anyone safe. And I think it would be great if men would, would listen to women and would listen to our, our perspectives more. And I think that's kind of a struggle I see, is that men have been taught to discount the wisdom of women. This whole, this whole thing about uh, trust men, I mean, it's rooted in uh, religion and uh, religious doctrine, yeah. white the black supremacy. church, white supremacy, black church as well. Um, we've adopted it in our culture. And the point would be to, this is what I'm saying, like it's, it, it's a, the slogan of, these bitches need a man, y'all need men. That's a slogan, and so as a reaction slogan, I don't need a man, but even more complex than that, and, and to a deeper truth, 
we need each other. We need to stop these divisions and these ways of assuming. But but you you speak from uh, like a political awareness of like the oppression of so many years of of patriarchy. You know what I, I'm I, I don't necessarily see it as like a division. I see it as like a sculptor cuts away the unnecessary parts and you know. And is the unnecessary part in your analysis the man? Based Many on times, you, yeah, I would I would <laughs> see the through line for what is keeping women and men from being themselves is this commitment to a story of, of men's power and of, of what p men will accept of the world. So, so part of a, a part of some of our stories, like mine in particular, it, so when I'm saying, let me take a step back. Most of the narratives that you're describing or that you've heard, you didn't create, right? So same for me. I didn't create none of what I heard. I didn't create this, the world that we live in. I didn't create the fact that men have this position and it's reinforced with all of this stuff and women have been put in a position. I can create a new narrative that is centered around more inclusivity, more equality, more recognition of just how important and critical it is for male and females to get their motherfucking shit together. Now, I can... What all the other people are saying about not needing a man. So like if a woman comes up here and says, I don't need a man. I have a visceral reaction to that. But I can suppress my feelings to connect with what it is that she's saying, because I don't want to repeat. I don't want to pr pr propagate the, 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 the division. So if a woman comes, OK, you don't need a man. That's cool. That's fine. I can share my 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 opinion about how important it is, because to the point that you were making, it, most of it is centered around men being powerful. I centered the thoughts about both people being powerful and having a role, and just making sure space is created for both of that to exist. So I just think if, if our, you know, L and G, if they came in and were like, I don't need a man, would you still have the same, like, oh, that feels bad, but yeah. like, what? Why though? Uh, you know, I think, and, and I want because I we're humans and exist. I want to posit that men are used to being centered, and I see a lot actually of like this idea of women don't need men anymore. You don't need us. Yes, we do. We need y'all to go to therapy. We need you to not be terrifying. Okay. We need you to not be the uh, like person most likely to murder us. We need you guys to when we tell you a difficult, icky thing about us for you to not slap us, for you to not like, you know, be, be scary, you know? And mm -hmm. we actually do need men, but the things that women are explicit and specific about what we need from men, men consistently say they are unwilling to do it because that's just not how men are. Men aren't. And, and also women, you're not helping us enough. And it's always an excuse for why women are gonna have to pick up the slack that men are unwilling to. That's do. wrong. It is. That, 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 that's wrong and it's bullshit. And if I'm in a room and I hear men talk about that and, and use that kind of language, I'll address it in a way that a man addresses that shit with dudes. But when I'm having a conversation, so, so now, now, now mind you, somebody at some point in time has to take the high road. At some point in time in the interaction between a man and a woman, somebody has to take the high road. If I'm talking to a woman, I'll say it's you. If I'm talking to a man, I'll say it's you. Whoever I'm in front of, 
Now, if I'm talking to a couple, I'll be like, y'all have a responsibility to make sure y'all take the high road for the other person when you feel like they're at a point to where they can. But the challenge is when a stranger, a male stranger and a female stranger get together and all the man is hearing is women, men, women don't need men. And all the woman is hearing. And then at some point in time, it, it, it doesn't create a space for people to really connect and share what's going on. So ultimately, the power inherent in, in men and women, what we've allowed of men and what we've allowed of, of, of women, it's very Israel versus Palestine, honestly. Men actually have all of the power to stop. And like they're going to be the ones who are going to have to take the high road. But historically, we have, ex we have expected women to be the ones that, well, okay, they haven't, they don't know how to express their feelings. Like, let's just choose our battles. And that women are so practiced, it's almost knee-jerk, we know how to ha, 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 talk men down from expressing, being emotional, uh, because they, like, the only emotional expression we've accepted for men is uh, violence. Um, when there's an interaction of two strangers, men need to take more accountability and responsibility for taking the high road. Over so, women? Yes. Why, why, why are you placing that responsibility on the man and not the woman? Because 92% of murders are committed by men. So, so you're saying if two, if two people are having a heated argument, they don't know each other and they're complete strangers, the woman can get as loud and, 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 and engage in any kind of behavior minus hitting as she wants. And the man is responsible for being on this side and then just taking it and taking it and taking it and taking it. If a man is screaming at me, you think I'm going to just take it? You don't think I'm going to be like, okay, obviously you're too emotional. I have to remove myself for my safety. And that is what men need to do. Instead, they think when someone's screaming at them, the responsibility is to just take it. Take it like a man. No, your feelings are hurt. Someone is screaming at you. They're obviously not seeing you. They're obviously not listening to you. The logical response actually is to disengage. But you, you can do that, right? So why Men you are the ones who are responsible for most of the murders and who are not used to using, when they're angry, they're not used to just taking it and, okay. But women have to, because if we don't, we will get hit. Can I, can I bring up something that I think is, is just a challenge of language and a quirk as you guys are talking? Like, we're, we're going back and forth between different scales of, like, men as a social group, and then we get to, like, women as a and then we get... Ellen Gina, we get to you, we get to like a concept of a man and a, and a person. Uh, uh, like when we get more specific like that, the complexity increases and some of what you're saying is, is a broader general statement of power structures and the things that men need to do in general. But on an individual level, people just like, like on an individual level, the conversation will need to be hashed out between those two and both of them need to be skilled in communication and yeah. conflict resolution. Even the whole thing what you're saying when you get to a personal level of some woman or Ellen Gina, if they came in here and said they don't need a man, um, they're not talking about, they don't mean what you're saying. They don't mean, I don't, they don't mean, you're not saying it even. They don't mean that aggressive, like female rapper, I don't need a man kind of joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, they literally are they, just saying they, like, I am able to support myself I, I and I don't need I, to yeah. marry a man in order to live a thriving, happy yeah, life. And that, and, I, and that, I, that makes complete 100% sense. 
And and if if two gay men were to say to me, I don't need a woman, I wouldn't be like, what what are you talking about? Like, you know, I would understand that they meant well, scales of reference. But that goes back to what you were saying before. There's a lot of being interjected to assume I don't have a lot of experience being around gay and lesbian couples and trans couples and people and all that kind of stuff. And most of the and most of the times I've heard a woman say they don't need a man, it's been in reaction and it's I feel it's it's been more around they don't need a man. They can take care of all of their bills. They can do everything that they that they that they need to do. They can pay all of their bills. And if the dude mm-hmm. want to just come around and and and, and so, have some type of situation every now and then, that's cool. Literally, kind of on a like you know when we step back and take all the like stuff out, that's me. I was an attorney for uh, several years before I met Billy. I have experience supporting myself and a grown adult. You know, um, I do pay all of my bills and I, I do, uh, I am. And, and the idea that in a woman, that's a negative quality. But if Billy were to pay all of his bills, no one would be like, mm, well, I guess you don't need women. You think that's he, a negative quality that, that you pay all your, that women pay all their bills? I think men say that that's a negative quality. I've never heard that. And I'm a dude. T.D. Jakes Jakes went on stage and said it recently. He was saying that women will not pay their bills, but that women have adopted male characteristics through their like attack of like the corporate media, corporate world. Okay. Okay. And and you out here making money and he doesn't want that. And he's like, we don't care if you can buy your own house. We don't care. And like, that's an old trope. And that's so crazy because what are you telling the girls that they need to not take, like they need to be a hundred percent invested in. See, getting a man. See, what's funny is I think this is very similar to what you just said about me assuming that women don't need men, what my interpretation of that was. It, I, I, but I hear something very differently when women say women, men, when women say that they don't need a man than you do. So you, 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 I thought you had just brought up that, like, you know, when a woman says she can pay her own bills. Yeah. She can pay her, but that's what I'm talking about. Well, well meaning she can, she can do all of that and that there's nothing a man can do. Well, that's what I'm hearing her say when she says that she doesn't need a man and that she's, let me, how do I say this? She's saying what I'm hearing a woman say when she says that is there's a certain standard that I have and a certain framework that I have that is non-negotiable because I don't need to negotiate. I've got everything I could ever want. So I'm not making any concessions for a nigga. So she actually said, I don't need a man. Not that I don't want a man. Who? The, this hypothetical woman who's okay. like, I've paid all yeah, my yeah, bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a man. Okay, okay. But just because I don't need Billy doesn't mean I don't want him. Doesn't mean I'm like, just because I don't need bacon doesn't mean I don't want it and that I'm not going to have it in my life all the time. So so when when I'm hearing, so th- this is where the nuance comes in. It's be, it be, because my reaction to her when she's saying that, even though we're saying that these are words, they're spirits that are coming behind the words. And we're kind of saying shit like in roundabout ways without mm-hmm. saying it. And some people are gonna pick up on it and resonate it, resonate with it. I'm hearing something very different when women say that than you do, because I'm a guy, I guess. And, and, and it's okay for people to hear something. That's why you ask questions to get a better understanding of what the person is saying. But with T.D. Jake said that, I'm hearing This goes back, that's fucked up, 
but I feel like I understand the spirit of what he's saying. So I understand the spirit of what he's saying too, but I understand the reality of women being told that you are a good woman if you are relying on a man, if you let him be the mm. head, if you let him protect his family. The men are here to protect and provide, where in reality, women are often protecting and providing just as much. But you, you agree that like some of these things in relation like the uh, the norms of the protector and the, the provider, the breadwinner, um, the leader, some men, this is a thing that we, first off, it's an anxiety that we feel we have to do and project. And for some of us, we don't feel that we're there and, and this comes out in weird ways. But also, you might enter into a relationship where leadership skills, you may, you know, she, you may, you may have, you need to be open to the potential to receive those things from her. The assumption is that she doesn't have it, that she's yes. just an emotional basket case and that you're the leader blocks you off from being able to receive and perceive and accept and then gain the benefit from it. Yeah, so I agree. That's why I think that T.D. Jake stuff is so harmful because dudes come into the first date expecting and hoping and demanding. And then she, if she, if she's, if she likes to do, she has to perform this too to be a bit more docile. She might be a highly accomplished, like, you know, person and then she's to perform something as though this dude might not be that dude. He needs to know himself and, and realize that. And like, we would never ask men to perform being less smart than you are to perform being less good at making money than you are, to perform being less good at keeping yourself and your family safe than you really are. But for women, we say that That's like, you don't wanna like threaten men. You don't want to be a challenger. I don't think of myself as that. I think of myself as, a, as like an MVP, as the quarterback, as the teammate, as like the most important teammate. But I think a lot of people are taught to think of women at best as the water boys. Now here's the thing. A wife like Shiva, and I'm so ha happy and proud to be married to her, she's a challenge. See, some dudes don't want a challenge. They don't want, like, they, they say, be my peace. peace, shit like this. Shiva is confident. She's got her stuff. She's got an opinion. She's got her own value sets. We meet. We, we coordinate. Um, Stand-up comedian. She gets on stage and talks about things and, and us. And um, I've noticed myself like having to shed... Um, these things that that got me that got me crazy, but but I'm also I think it's I think it's, a, I think it's a good look. I feel like I'm I've never been stronger. I feel like I've never known myself better, and and I think you've never been more loved and peaceful yeah. than you have in this relationship. I think there's this idea that like you either got a challenging woman or you've got a, a docile be like right. What are you exactly. talking about? We all love a challenge. No, that's why we play sports and that's why we gamify everything. Like. I am truly the total package. You love so and so hard and you're so the passion yeah. that I display in the boudoir is the same passion that I take into defending people using my unique understanding of the world. Um, and it's it's how I, you know, keep myself safe and others safe. And so the idea that I should tamp it, to, I should compartmentalize it to the bedroom and not is is just not seeing what is. You know, and, and, and like I said before, none of these, none of these concepts are ours. We didn't create any of them. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and most of what I feel we're doing, men, women, everybody, is we're trying to adjust to make sense of the world that fits, that makes the most sense for us. Some of us do overcorrect in pursuit of doing that. I understand why we do, because 
Sometimes it's a like you feel you are at the extreme edge of something right. and you have to. So. Right. But what do you do when you overcorrect? So I have a statement. How you fight matters. I, I believe firmly that how you respond to a force says more about you than the force itself. Mm-hmm. And, 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 if, and if the force of patriarchy, as an example, is something that is, is, is because it affects men and women. It affects both of us. And we have a responsibility as men to respond in a way that makes that more inclusive, more balanced. So how we do it as men, either we can ag- agree to it and just reap the benefits and the fucking the, the costs associated with it, or we can address it in a way that brings more people in and tries to dismantle that shit to whatever the degree that it is. I think the one thing that's going to really help us all escape the shackles of the patriarchy is for men to start seeing women as people who have been able to creatively navigate through these systems so well that we actually, I'm, I'm, I'm most likely to outlive everyone in this room. And we should see that as a skill. We should see that as the, you know, even though I don't have the biggest muscles, I might not have whatever, whatever, I am still able to navigate through this thing, some might say artfully. And I think I I encourage more men to get off this knee-jerk thing of kind of like, you know, I can only be led by other men. I can only be inspired by men. That's the thing. Like, do you say that men need to see more of women? I think men need to see women as human. I think the key is that I I wasn't raised to see you as human. That's that's how I, I see it today. I was raised to see you as some other thing. Um, and in different spaces and different things, it was talked about differently. You were either a servant or, Which is, or, or someone to provide sex or right. something like this. But a you're tool. like a full person. You have your own... Fu- and and you've, you've actually been an int- instrumental in showing that because your like, desire to be a, a... like The stuff you're doing, we're doing together with the comedy. I've never dated someone who was like so... Like, I want to be in front. You know, usually, you know, I've, I've always been doing creative stuff and girlfriends would be like, oh, I'll, I'll help some way. In a, but you're, you're, you're a, you, are, you have a whole set of things that are outside of me. And to really take that in and really con- take and consider that, that every desire that I have is also in your brain, um, but it, it formulates in an entirely different way because of the circumstances, then it, then it puts us in a better position to actually negotiate our shit. Yeah. And that's why intentions is so... The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? I get that. But we have to, and this is what I meant to before when I talked about my way is not necessarily right or even the only way, I'll say. I'm, I'm a whip. I'm a work in progress. I'm figuring this shit. I'm on the job training. And one of the things that I feel is a challenge for men is how we use women sexually. I believe that because of how we're programmed and conditioned, the jump off scenarios is something that because we're programmed to see women as something to use. And and a lot of women are okay with being used because that's also how they're programmed. And and also like when men have only said we will only accept you if you allow yourself to be used. I, I, I fault women less for being like, well, they literally refuse to accept us in any other way, so fine, let me 
get what I can out of this and still try to maintain some dignity by saying that I chose this. Still trying to have some autonomy in that. And I think... This goes back to your thing about who, who should have the power, who has the power to be the bigger person and to, and to sort of, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying that too, but also I'm saying even, even, even the idea of like men thinking that they're using women, that they can, like I know like dudes who have been like, you know, I only fuck her for the hype or like, you know, she did something mean to me and so I just fucked her um, to, uh, you know, and I, and I didn't even care about her. Thinking that doing a pleasurable activity with someone you hate is harming the person that you hate more than yourself. Yeah. But that's obviously, that's illogical. That's the programming. I get it. I get it. And, and I, I think it's tough. Men have been programmed too to, to think that they are logic machines, where women are emotional, irrational, kind of. But men are actually just as emotional yeah. um, as women are, but they've been taught to logic away their emotions. Anytime a dude shoots somebody, that's an emotional response. Literally. But we, but we, we won't... We won't call it that, though. No. You know what I'm saying? We'll call it, yeah. uh, what is it, violence. And has dancing around the truth helped? But that's why some of us having, let me, you made a comment before. Of another truth, we're all fucked, but we're all great, too. We're Fair all enough. just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And so... It is a problem. I don't know why it's a problem. I don't know why it's a problem, but it's a problem for, our, for, 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 for where we are now in this sexual freedom. Men are responsible for that because of our behavior. We are, we're 100% responsible. I own what I've done. I know the conversations that we have and how we look and respond to shit. I also know that we got a lot of motherfucking work to do, but you made a question because I asked you the statement before. Is it with the with the, with the putting the, the the finger in the thing? Yeah, that does that. I don't. I'm not going to say devalues, but it definitely has a cost. In the same way that the men doing it has a cost that men don't even know that they're doing. So I think there's this idea though of of men having this inherent value, and so like they get the pleasure and they 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 damage the women and not that in the same way that water is, is healing and life-saving and it creates life, um, but can also be used to waterboard you or drown you mm -hmm. to death, um, so can sex. And if sex can cause our downfalls and all the sexual freedom is gonna like get everybody on the wrong track, why can't it also be the thing that saves us? And that if we stop running away from this thing we've been told to fear, like not being able to, you know, um, what if, Salvation is on the other side of that fear. It is. That's beautiful. Thank you. That was absolutely beautiful because I agree. Good job. It, 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 but we got to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. And we got to be able to look across from ourselves to a woman and say, you fucking 500 dudes a year. There's a little out there a little bit, sis. Mm. Now, now so the, if, if, but, but, if, but we, we got to be able to, to get to the other side, we got to at least be able to acknowledge what is. And though. you got to see her as a human. You know, yeah. I don't know how many people you fucked, but you did it because of some childhood trauma, right? So why wouldn't she also be doing that because of the same reason? So 
The problem is, is when we go, yes, girl, slay, go get all of it. So that that's so when I'm saying have the conversation, I'm saying let's have a deeper conversation. Let's stop giving patting people on the back for things that they're doing without necessarily knowing why they're doing them, because the intention is the piece that really speaks to what's going on with them. But we don't have space. First off, you can uh, I feel like sometimes a man can't tell a woman shit. Woman can't tell a man shit. And I'm like, no, men got to listen to women. Women got to listen to men. Everybody got to listen to everybody. Everybody got to be honest about how we all are showing up. One of the main reasons why I'm in a relationship, like I said earlier, I can't see myself. I'm too close. I'm smart enough to know that I have blind spots and I need someone in my life who I can trust. So I can't walk around here that I'm everything and that I'm great and that I'm golden and showing up and being honest unless I have someone, specifically a woman, telling me about my shit. And in the same way that my woman, I see her in a way that a lot of people don't see her. What she needs a man for is someone to be, or at least in our relationship, is for someone to reflect back to her who she is and how she's showing up and give her opportunity to make those kind of adjustments. But if we can't be honest about how we're showing up and then just acknowledge and honor and, and turn all of the chicken salad in the chick, I'm sorry, chicken shit in the chicken salad, then we're not, we're not, we're not growing. We're really just prolonging the inevitable yeah. because we're not, we're not addressing what's really there. I think my, my issue and why I, why I keep pushing back is because I think you and Billy are, are not typical who have received all the programming and were able to recognize it as such and do the work to clean your lens so that you can be an accurate reflection of your wife, so that you can see her in a way that she might not be able to see because she's in it. And I don't think, the, uh, I don't think a significant number of men have um, cleaned their lens enough to be able to be an accurate reflection. Instead, they see their wife as th this, this mother figure or this woman who hurt them in the past and who made them close up and they're projecting all of their traumas onto this mirror that, keep, that is actually very clear and it's bouncing back to them. And the, the men oftentimes are not recognizing because we've told men to kind of ignore your emotions. So you guys just aren't as versed, you aren't as fluent in the language of emotions and so but you think you are, you, you, it's a Dunning-Krieger effect. You guys think you're a little bit more uh, competent on something that you guys are actually just getting yeah. into. And it's kind of putting the cart before the horse to be like, well, you know, men, we've got a lot of work to do, but women also have to help us. What if we don't? Are you guys not gonna do the work? Because women don't have the privilege of waiting for the men to do the work before we do what we know needs to be done. We talked about a framework earlier and like like trying to understand the framework of, of non-monogamy and like how to how to do that. And I just wanna like this points to what you were saying about the compliment that, that that we might have a different lens. It truly is about the people in it. There are people who have non-monogamous arrangements, they give it all the language and they perform whatever, but they are also deeply manipulative and yeah. hiding things from themselves, hiding things from their partner. The framework that I, I, I kind of think is we, we operate, we have this freedom, but that we've given ourselves like the discipline and the virtues are each inside of each of us rather than being boxed in yeah. something. Each of us have adopted the box. And so there's very little impetus 
to do something outside of that, but we give ourselves the freedom. And I think that that's powerful and that's something that I appreciate. But if you're not there, if, you, if either of you is um, either manipulative, a taker, or, or somewhat of a, too much of a giver, or too yeah. un, unwilling to assert self, then there will be an imbalance, there will be something, some sort of abuse that, that will be present. And people need to do that work to make sure that they're in things for the right reasons. Because I've been in non-monogamous arrangements that I know probably this person didn't want to. I'm, I'm familiar with that. I'm familiar with that. And I know that I've, I've made adjustments on my end as the man to say, like, I can't. I need to give, you know, let this person have the space to, to find what they want, what she wants, rather than thinking that I'm Force going yourself to do, you into know, that role. Exactly, because I'm getting some benefits here. That, you know, and so it, it really is that. You know, it's, I think I've done the work to earn the privilege of a relationship like this. Has non-monogamy just been primarily about sex for y'all? <coughs> um, I say probably, yeah, for the most part. I didn't use the word love. I don't think, I mean, love is, is a relatively new thing for me in this way. Uh, and it's like sort of relationship type love. Um, so yeah, non-monogamy does include sex. Yeah. No, I'm saying, is it only about sex? Is it only about sex. Again, with Humans are just so infinitely complex that yeah. to say that your marriage is only about love or only about sex or only about using someone or only about business partnership mm. or only about procreation mm. is a, an artificial simplifying of the complexity of the reality of who we are. Yeah, so, we can tell ourselves a story, whatever story exactly, we like. Exactly, that like we're only, we're only having sex with them, but like, no, things, yeah. I like the people that we interact with. And if I didn't like them, I wouldn't have sex with them. You know, like, I... So y'all have never used, so a one-night stand, as an example, was that just, because oh, you said, so a one-night stand is just sex. Oh, so it's interesting, actually. So recently, um, when we came back from the Seychelles, I, one of our friends, who we met at a sex party, she... Um, <laughs> invited me to do a stand-up set at a sex party that she was hosting. And um, I was like, that's like, you know, people aren't really there to laugh. How's that gonna be? It ended up being really great. It did amazing. Awesome. Um, and we met a lot of really cool people. And, you know, we certainly had sex with people reason, yeah. once, yeah. you know, and, and not to say that we won't have sex with them again, not to say that we won't, but like, you know, I like them all as people. I think they're, you know, and I want them to, have whatever the relationships and lives that they they want, you know. I I don't think of it as like, you know, bye, see ya, tried it later, you know. But that's what you felt I was saying when I asked the question: Is it just about sex? Is that you feel? Is that you feel? Is that you? Is that what you felt I was implying? I do the idea of of like, and, and I'm only basing that on on the idea that you know when when men cheat, you know, you're just using women for sex, and and I thought that was. But I can say this so. I didn't dislike these women. I didn't think they were bad people. Mm. I had conversations with them. I got them presents for their birthdays. And but you just didn't care if, if you it, hurt them by cheating on them? Not hurt them. I mean, it was my main chick. My main chick is the only one who didn't know. Everybody else knew I had a main See, that's chick. Mean. See, that's the thing, too. So can we, can we, I'm saying it's wrong. I want to make sure I'm clear. <laughs> I'm not I exactly, this man eight years ago. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning that. See, see, that oh, makes no. even less sense to me, though. So the I'm person saying. you like the most, exactly. you're going to be and least honest with them. And this is the thing that I them. realized growing up, too. A lot of us do this. I thought you were supposed to have side things. 
this is my programming. And and I I see that, but I recognized when, you know, what's his name? Um, like I grew up like ludicrous, Jay-Z, all of these people, you know, and like girls, 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 and talking about all of these women, I recognized, okay, so men have girls all over the place and are still still expect each of these women to love them and to love him and to allow him to still have sex with people. So I, from an early age, I was like, okay, because I see myself as a human, no different from Jay-Z in any fundamental way. Why wouldn't I still be loved and able to have sex with lots of people? Well, men, women will say they want men to start listening. Women got to start listening too. Everybody got to start listening. The, the, the increase or switch in connecting for understanding is something that we all have to work better at. When you don't need a person, for lack of a better word, you're less likely to make accommodations for that person. Because you're more rigid, I feel, like in your in 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 what your idea is of what you want out of life. Right. You're not and you're not you're not advocating rigidity at all. So you know what I'm saying? I, I think of needing a per like a child needs a caregiver. Adults do not need a caregiver. You are responsible for finding the medical professionals, the uh, educational people, the friends, the co-conspirators, the supporters um, who want to be in relationship with you, not because they have to, not because they need it, not because they have no other options. Um, So you know that there's nuance to that, though, right? So like if a woman makes $50,000 a year and she has two kids and she has a husband who makes 200 grand a year, does she need her husband in a way that a woman who makes a half a million dollars a year doesn't need her husband? I know lots of women who make way less than 50000 and don't have a husband making 200000 and they still have to figure out how to support their children. So while she might want a husband who makes $200,000, what she might need is the knowledge that she is going to be able to support these children regardless of whether or not the man is there. So in a, if, a, if a married woman making $50,000 a year has two kids and her husband makes $200,000 a year, does that married woman need her husband in the same way that a woman does married, who's married who makes $500,000 a year working for the, with a husband who makes fifty? What if in both of these situations, the husband in either situation also beats her? You see how she adding a joint to it? <laughs> why because why like, would you make it artificially simpler than it would be in real life? Because that, that isn't the option that women are, are, are dealing with. He either has a lot of money and I have to do it or he doesn't. So the, There the are is, also all of these other things that go into a relationship that women should not think that simply because a man has money that you need him. So no, you, you want to avoid you, saying the word need. You don't want that word in there. I, I, yeah, re- I mean, it doesn't re- make sense. Re- in, in the same way that does, does rely, mean, rely is that a better word? That's a funny thing that I, I always joke about. Like the, the dumbest thing that we as a species do is keep relying on men to solve our problems. What are we talking about? Wow. Men, like the ones that, like you know, when my father died, uh, a joke I kept saying to my mom is, you can't rely on a man for anything, because. What she signed up for 
was a man who was gonna do these sort of things and be with her all of her life. And instead, men, I think, often find a reason why they are not someone you should rely on. And I see, I've seen generations of women mm -hmm. make the foolish decision of putting all their eggs in the basket of relying on a man. Why do you need rely or need? Why not uh, want? And also, like, I is, think is it okay I, for him to rely on me? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the whole premise of his whole thing. Right? Yeah, like, I, I, for me, listen, I don't subscribe to woman needing anything different than a man or a man needing anything different than a woman. I feel like we rely, need, whatever, whatever a man needs, a woman needs. Whatever a woman needs, a man needs. Vice versa. And so, but the reactions is what we're programmed to react to. And it's, and it's, it's, it's not like, I, I'm connecting with what it is that you're saying. And the reason, and it's one of the reasons, and also the spirit, by the way, and it's one of the reasons why I've chosen to make the decisions that I've made in my life, because I know I've contributed to the perception that you have so that you can respond in a way that you do. I, I have no judgments about that because I understand like how, we, how, how women got there about dudes, right? We got, we got work to do. But we got work to do, everybody collectively. And I don't, so, it, so that, that's the reason why I'm relying, why I'm saying the need and situationally, it's different. I feel like if a, that, that we do put ourselves in situations it's like saying, do you need a job? You might rely on a job, you might want a job. Like how can... So I think if I, if I came from wealth, if I had a thing, uh, if I had a trust fund, I wouldn't need a job. And so the choice would be, do I want a job? And I think that's the thing. Like, like, you know, need and rely are different things than want. And, and we've been taught that want is, is, is a, a superfluous thing that's like kind of selfish and you shouldn't think, but like, why? What I want is good. What I want is someone who is loving. I don't need someone who is making all this money. I don't need someone who has a certain education. I don't need someone who does all these superficial things that I'm told I have to need or I have to rely on a man for. What I want is someone who thinks I'm funny. What I want is someone who includes me, who is thoughtful, who recognizes the things that maybe I can't even bring front of mind of how I want to be treated, of how I want to be thought of. Um, and I think we're, we're uncomfortable with the idea of like exploring our pleasure, exploring our wants, because we've been told that they're on some level bad and base and harmful. But what if our pleasure is pointing us to healing and life and love and community and joy and safety and freedom? As long as the intention is there. Everything that just, I, I, I subscribe 100% with everything that you're saying, just as long as the intention. This is why I think therapy and conversations and, yeah. and, and, and honesty and all of that stuff is important because I do think that on the other side, it's like once you've done everything and all of that, now what? Like once you've done everything, all what? Exactly. 
Exactly. Once you, you've had all the sex that you're supposed to have, once you bought all the cars you're supposed to buy, exactly. once you then played all the games, what's the, what you you you're supposed to play? Now what? Exactly. So like, that's how we get get through this thing. You know, you step out and the floor appears beneath you. So don't don't get too far ahead, worried about you know the thing. There's this thing if you um if you uh, are ever stranded in the middle of the ocean, what you're not supposed to do is look for land because that's gonna, you're gonna tire yourself out, you're gonna stress yourself out, and you're gonna panic. What you do need to do is look mm. for a piece of driftwood. Look for a buoy. Look for something. Close. Like, you don't have to like get so far-minded that it's gonna stress you out. Like It's okay, we'll figure it out. Once we get to this place where we have now what? We'll have taken stock of all of the new skills we acquired to get yeah. here, of all of the new lessons we incorporated in order to get here, and we're gonna realize we are now more equipped than we've ever been to deal with whatever comes forward. To not even deal with, to create it. I think, I think that the conversation, the intention is key. The, the, you can find self through going through the cutting off and the withering away and the shedding. And you can also find self through exploring some of the more like pleasurable aspects. Yeah. And I've been more, as a dude, I've been on like really in tune with this like aggressive like I'll take shit I'm you know like I can carry burdens I'm tough enough I can get rid of stuff and it's only like again like this thinking about the generative power of actually also moving towards your wants I think that that's also exists but you you've got to be honest at every step of the way every moment really take stock of who you are and what and how it's how it's flourishing around you, how you're affecting yourself and the people around you. What is the best part about being in a non-monogamous relationship or marriage? The communication. Yeah, the communication. The it's kind of, it really feels like, you know, like my best friend and like we get to be like, Oh my God, did you see that hot girl right there? Like, you know, like, or yeah. you know what my dream is? I would love to do this. You know what my fantasy is? Like this. And like, it would be like two dudes, you know, talking about their thing. And, you know, if, if your best friend is like, hey, I really want to like try and holler at this girl. Are you going to be like, wow, I thought we were hanging out tonight. Or are you going to like be excited that your friend is going to have a pleasurable, fulfilling experience, even if you're not the one to give it to them? All right, do you guys have frameworks around, like, so if you want to hang out with somebody, do you have to tell him or do you just go do it or what? So I would tell him because, you know, we'll, we'll have been, we just literally like, you know, he works at his desk and I work at mine in the same room. And so it would be kind of strange if after I work from home all the time, um, I just like get up and like, <laughs> all right, it's been four hours. Um, so like, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I'm a big physical com comedian too. Um, but like, you know, it would be, you know, does that make sense? Like that I would do that to my best friend, just run out, not tell him where I'm going. Or would I be like, Hey, I, I kind of want to like we meet up this person. Yeah. They, they said that. And like, what do you think? Cause this is my friend, you know? And, and he does that with me, with, you know, women and and I always talk about my Eskimo sisters, the, the women who have also had sex with Billy. They're they're dope. They're baddies. Like they're like, and I it makes me feel like I'm like, wow, I must be really hot. Billy obviously has a type for like sexy, confident, creative, 
women who are, are really good at navigating through this world and, and maintaining who they are. And now, like, you know, I'm friends with some of my Eskimo sisters, like, independently of Billy. And, like, I've helped them with, like, legal issues and, you know, emotional issues and things. Like, I was really looking for friends with benefits. And so I, I love that I've got The model that. that I was raised on is the model you pointed out earlier where you have, you're supposed to have other chicks and your wife or your girlfriend knows the least about you. Yeah. And you she's got supposed a best to put up friend. with it. You got a best friend over here. You got a, 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 sec, a friend with benefit. And they know your real desires. They know you for real, for real. Your wife is just kind of, uh, you just kind of do event. Why would that be the case? That's that so never stressful. Made sense makes to no me. sense. So I, you know, so to me, the community, the ability to not hide, like somebody got a fat booty and I want to look, I can talk. Like I've been in relationships where you can't, look, that's going to cause up. She's going to, the whole weekend's ruined because you. Uh, Look, that's terrible. I don't want anything like that. Now, obviously, there's a spectrum, and you know, we are where we are because we found it. And, um, so, yeah, that that kind of like acceptance and truth and honor and clarity and is, reality. Is like, I understand that like a woman's like ass isn't less fat because we're married now. You know, like I recognize, like I'm still, we're still seeing reality as it is, and like <coughs> we can still appreciate beauty, even if you know we don't have sex with the beautiful thing, you know? Like, I'm just able to appreciate beautiful things and enjoy it, share that appreciation and not act on it. And if yeah. if we do, like, I'm still able to be like, okay, cool, this is still a beautiful thing. This thing is not less beautiful. Let me ask a question, guys, gotta ask a question. I just, just ask, like on some dude shit. So you don't, did you, did you ever have any points where you had to resolve like how you felt about her, like sleeping with another dude or whatever? Yeah, 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 earlier on probably, um, earlier on we, uh, again, like we started off where it wasn't serious and I'm just, I'm having fun, I have a sexy female best friend who's, who's also interested in the same, you know, we like a lot of the same women and stuff like this, that's how I, you know, and as I started to use the word love to describe our relationship, yeah, I had to square with, um, you know what it means. We go to a, a a party, and she's open to things the same way that I'm open. And um, so yeah, we 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 talked about it. You know, we, we we're very we're very communicative. And like one of the earlier things I I came up with, <laughs> whatever reason I had, I was like, yo, I don't want you to, I don't want to see you get cummed on. And. That's a, that's, a, that's a conversation that most people will never have with their wife, right, in the traditional sense. But the way we were going, I, I just said, she, like, we were talking about boundaries. See, that's what's part of it, is like the yeah. ability to even have these. Yeah, because yeah, that's, so, that's so, where I was going. So yeah. then we have this, and then I'm like, let me articulate it. And she said, huh, she wanted to understand why, like, deeper. Because, like, you know, everything everything is actually a deeper thing. So, I wanted to know, do you mean you don't want to see someone coming on my body at all, on my face, in my mouth. Does that mean that you don't want to see it, like you're going to leave the room? Does it mean that you want me to tell them before, like not to come on me? Like there's a lot of things to flesh out actually on that request that I'm not sure, you know, you've even thought about. And so I was able to like bounce that back to him to be like, can you clarify now what Even what my is? motivations were, what, what really yeah. bothers me about that. And what it was, I came to realize was that we have, um, 
You know, I was raised around a thing where like skeet, skeeting on a chick is like the disrespected that bitch. Fuck it. You know what I mean? So I realized that I was, I had some tension around the idea of some dude disrespecting her. Even though that wouldn't be the case, and, and in fact, you know the, the the people you know we we interact with with people who are entirely of a different mindset of 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 what I'm thinking of when we were younger talking about sex and disrespecting women. It's, it's an entirely different yeah. framework altogether. And I asked you, I was like, when you come on my face or a girl's face, are you disrespecting them? Is that because you <laughs> don't respect them? You did ask me that, and, and and it made me think about it. Like I hadn't thought about it that way. Uh, it's disrespecting. I was disrespecting they asked. <laughs> so, if See, you don't mind me asking, do you not come on your girlfriend's face, your wife's face? No. Hmm. No. So that's as I see our marriage, no. our relationship as the safe space where we can do all the freakiest things. What? Well, 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 I don't. This person. I don't. Who? I don't want to anymore. I could do anything with my wife that I wanted to. That's she's. That's where we at. I just don't want to anymore. So if you don't want to, does she want me to? Would you struggle <laughs> with her? So like, I'll, I'll take it back to Billy. Like, if, if he was at a point where he doesn't want to come on someone's face, which, trust me, he's not, um, would he, would that still then mean that like, I can't have someone come on my face, you know? Like, that's a Billy question. <laughs> I know. Well, he's not even at that place yet. But so yeah, I, I it it's so different based on like the individuals in the joint, and I think that's what what I think was really cool about what you said. Communicating like is 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 so important, and y'all got the framework. Yeah. Because, but I do know that when I used to come on chicks' faces, I used to be listen. I used to be engaged in some wild shit, spitting in motherfuckers' faces, like all role playing, dragging people by the hair, porn. Like, like, like I had a type of situation, but I was fucked up. Hmm. So I wonder, as you're on your healing journey, if you won't find that like some of the things that you found pleasurable, but like have since realized we're like, oh, that's a symptom of my fucked upness. Yeah. What if you get back to a place where you're like, actually, I do kind of want to spit in your face. If that's something that you're into, like we have, you know, lovers who are really into uh, the idea of being like degraded, degraded and slapped. Yeah. And and for me, it's not even like the, mm -hmm. the, the for me, it's, I, I, I'm into some of that, but like for me, it's a performance. Like I, I, I have to bring this where, where they want that, and yeah. I'm, I'm with it. You and know? so because you love them and yes. want to, are concerned of their pleasure, yes. you perform a thing that is not necessarily like something that would get you off, but like, all right, you want me to spit on you? All right, girl. Overcorrection. Overcorrection. No, it was wrong. Yeah? <laughs> what if it's but, So again, because it's intention. <laughs> it's intention. So the question is, what was I turned off about with in that act? I had real Were you turned on about by okay. by in that act. I had real, you know, when you hear these women say, "I don't think women, I don't think men really like women," and they make these statements and those kinds of things. I had shit that was harkening all the way back to some mommy shit that I had not addressed at all. But that was showing up primarily in my sexual escapade. Yeah, that's where it was showing up the absolute most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 
I didn't understand any of that when I started going through the process. So the fact that I'm aroused by demeaning a woman, I'm not aroused because I'm loving her. I'm not, I'm not aroused. Like, like my, my connection and situation with her, it transcends physical. And so the other stuff, if I, if I could just see you and want to fuck you, and I care about you, but I'm not willing to invest in anything beyond what, I'm, what, what, what I can get from you in my position, that it, it, from my, 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 my mind, that's like a usury kind of thing. So... It was me being attracted to demeaning them hmm. and degrading them. I didn't, yeah. I, even though we would like go out and I respect them, we were cool and all that. There was something about what I was able to do in the bedroom with them. Yeah. That, so that's I, a real thing. I think of it as a, it's a role play. You, you do like them. You actually do respect them. And not necessarily. In this, he's, he's got to know what's in his head and what's, I'm telling you, like, he's got to know what's in his head and how, what the intention is. And it can be a role play, or it can truly be an attempt to like get out something. Totally. I know dudes who do this, and you're you're mindful of this. This is a thing that women have to be kind of mindful of because a lot of dudes, especially younger dudes, and the the, the imagery reinforces like, this porn is what sex and shit. Is. Yeah. Totally. So I grew up with that. I grew up understanding like, okay, men like this, like they, it's it's a performance. You when you when they do this, you go ah, and like when you do this, you go that, and that's what it's about. I I I grew up trying to understand like, okay, this is how adults do it, and this is what they, and so I recognized that if I was going to get any pleasure out of sex, it might help me to develop a bit of a humiliation fetish so that I can still get some pleasure out of the act of someone else trying to degrade me. And that is actually a really creative way of navigating through a world in which I can't really control where you are on your journey. And so if you are doing it to like degrade and whatnot, that's on you. That's your thing. Everything you do is not actually about me at all. And everything I, think, I do is not about you. And I so, think a lot of men don't realize the subtle ways that women adapt to our energy. When we come in like a wrecking ball, all this stuff, sexually, like, this is who I sexually am. but even especially sexually, the way, like, inflicting pain in sex as a, as, as a, some women really love that and other women accept it or tolerate become, it. tolerate, become, become adept at it. Become, and maybe they tolerate it and accepted it for so long that they like it they now. They begin to like it. Yeah. And so, but the but so intention again in, in all the directions, and we're all on these different journeys, and yeah. nobody, you know. And particularly when we're taught that. And, and can I just say one thing? Yeah. To point to what you're saying about like, like that to not be flippant about sex. If if you have time, this is where I think religion tells you got to wait till marriage, or whatever. There is value in understanding who you are and understanding who the other person is, so that when you're getting degraded or whatever's going on, <laughs> you know that it's from that better place rather than you actually being in harm you know like a lot of first like a lot of shit is you know and you know this dudes are manifesting all kinds of stuff in in those arenas so again you know just just putting out there that 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 earlier question about is there any virtue in waiting it seems that there is value in understanding of getting a better picture of the the energy that you're putting yourself into So for me, like when we first got together, I, you know, I, I recognize that like men 
murder and like you 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 know you tell women tell their friends and and whoever they're you know they trust that they're going out with this person and like a picture and whatnot just in case we're murdered and the police need to know the next uh the last person that we were with it sucks that women have to have that in our mind where i think men are just like hey degrade and it's like cool we're doing a lot more internal yeah, calculations yeah. and so when i um you know, I met up with Billy at his house, which is a red flag. You know, don't do that, you know, unless, you know, it's, it's like you've discerned like I have. But um, <laughs> I recognize that, like, I know, you know, people are like, oh, you're not supposed to have sex on the first date. You're supposed to wait till the third date because, like, if you do it on the first date, they won't respect you. And I think, why on earth would I want to be with someone who doesn't respect me once they've had sex with me? If anyone has sex with me, it's a life-changing experience, and you are lucky to have had it. And so, if someone is going to throw away a relationship with me because I've had sex with them earlier than they thought I should, that person's not for me. And so I'm not like wasting my time being like, oh, let me convince this person that I am worth it. I, like, no, I, I am not a bad person for being vulnerable with someone you know, sooner than the prescribed period of three dates or whatever. You know, like, I don't need that long to uh, feel safe with someone. I know immediately if I don't feel safe, I'm not going to have sex. If I do, why wouldn't I? Why would I pretend that I am, like... What's the cost? Do you think there's... In, in, I have this belief that there's a cost and a benefit to everything. Yeah. What, what do you think the cost is? So I think <laughs> women have been conditioned to be people pleasers and that... You know, we're supposed to discount our own intuition. And so the cost of waiting is... No, the cost of having sex early. What, what do you think the oh, cost of that is? Oh, I don't think there is one. I think you, you think get your information quickly. I, I think the cost... I, and I think the cost... I think you think a cost is a negative thing. I think the investment of my time... The risk of being murdered, maybe, I guess. One of the sure. that's one of the things that's present, and there's the investment of your time. There's, I think, not but, just being murdered, but being, you know, impregnated. There's all kinds of things. There's a ton of like, you know, maybe stuff that's like, just part of what is if you move down this. So I I don't think you know just because you have sex in the first date you are risking pregnancy. I think there are lots of ways to avoid that, so it's not even a thing. Um, but I also think that like we are taught to build up a fear about the thing we're not supposed to do. And every not, time- not building fear, baby. Just acknowledging that there is, that sex isn't just- Cause it's not, what you're describing empty. it is just sounding like it's flippant. It's an empty And you, and you said it wasn't, but that's why I was, cause that's, you said if I'm feeling you and I wanna have sex with you, I'm gonna have sex with you. Not, not saying now, but in, in, in that situation or in a situation like that. So if I'm, if I, I'm attracted to you and I feel safe with you, I will be vulnerable with you. And there are few things more vulnerable uh, than sex. And you're opening yourself up to vulnerabilities, especially I think as And if anything, if the point of dating and getting to know people and relating is to find people around whom you feel safe being vulnerable, why wouldn't I create the experiences to test my, uh, how, how safe I feel being vulnerable early? Especially if in your mind there's no cost to being vulnerable, so so because because so, in your mind sex is like mm, if you if you okay so I'm I'm someone who got married after six months, I I recognize that like even if I make a choice, 
I am going to be able to find my way back. I am able to keep, I, like, there is no one who has been better equipped and successful at keeping me safe than me. And so I know that even if I have sex with someone, uh, like, soon after meeting them, there is nothing that could happen to me that I will not be able to find my way back to myself. Um, actually, when I separated from my husband, I got on this website. I don't know if we're allowed to say, like, websites, so I'm not going to oh, say. But, um, and I was, like, super horny because I had just been, you know, in a really tumultuous, like, relationship where I was taking care of this person. So, obviously, I wasn't feeling like having sex with someone I felt like was my child, you know? And so, when I separated, I uh, found this um, guy who I, uh, we, we vibed. We had kind of, like, names that kind of matched, and it was just very, like, and so um, I met up with him. We hooked up. Super fun. Um, I met up with this other guy who was a very nice um, guy. He was uh, really cool, and we, we made out, and he was a germaphobe. He mentioned that several times. And so the next week, the first guy who I had sex with, he says, hey, um, I hate that I have to say this, but I uh, have, a, ha have a chlamydia scare, and so I wanted to tell you. Um, and I was like, fuck, man, like the first guy I have sex with. And then I was like, I got to tell the germaphobe guy that uh, I might have given him a communicable disease. Fuck. <laughs> um, and so I tell, tell the guy and he's like, oh, damn. You know what? My uh, best friend is a nurse and she has the chlamydia shot. So if you like come over, you know, I will like she'll get it. And so I go over to this girl's house. I like lean over her kitchen counter and like pull by and they put a shot. And as I'm doing that, I'm like, all right, Sheebs, you need to be a little bit smarter about this. If you're going to be so free and open, you need to protect yourself, you know, and you're lucky this time that it worked out so easily. And so I then early on had a, like a, expanded my understanding of how to keep myself safe and what to look out for. Experience, correction, perhaps overcorrection, mm -hmm. and then... Correction. Bring it back. And then, and then life continues and you correct it. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and that kind of openness, I think, is the sweet spot for like a dope experience in, in this world. But it comes with all kinds of stuff because every step you take is a, is a possible risk one way or the other. So try to be driven by the, by the intuition and try to like fucking collaborate from love and do it without like with some integrity. And, you know, that's the driving fucking thing you know, as far as I see it. This is an interesting conversation, but I do feel like, not but, I appreciate you guys coming on. I, um, I got so many questions. Like, it just feels like it just, hopefully we can talk after this shit go out, could be like two and a half hours in an hour, but um, I don't even know how to end the joint. What do y'all have working? What do y'all What are y'all working on? Hmm. So we just started this new show, Couples Goals, um, and it is a game show. It's thirty minutes. We invite a couple on, and we have these different games. One is like made by this PhD, and it's about how to like get to know your partner better. And there's one that's like kind of a Would you rather this or or that? And there's silly, and we 
play a couple rounds with the couple and like they learn about each other. We learn about, you know, relationships, any advice they have and stuff. And it's just like really fun. Yeah, it's live stream. We're trying to do it every Saturday and it's uh, so the, the energy stuff that comes Turn the camera on. And y'all gonna let me and my wife come on, right? Please. Um, come Don't be back. asking her about coming on her face, because listen. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> See? I just like plant all the of them. Brother's things. aware of himself. He's like, no, <laughs> Would you rather uh, have someone come on your face? <laughs> we'll just read the cards. We'll read we the just, cards. I'd love to answer. <laughs> or stay married. Mm. Oh. When, when you raise the stakes on things, it's kind of, it makes it easy for me. It's like, hmm, would I rather Billy have sex with someone else or not be my best friend. And that's an easy choice for me. So like, mm. you know, Billy is, is uh, so valuable. It's, it's easy, those, it's easy to guide my actions. Yeah. What, what I appreciate about, do you guys consider this a lifestyle? You know, uh, technically. Okay. Like there, there's some people who are like in the lifestyle and like call themselves lifestylers and you know, are really like committed to like going, but like we're, if anything, we're a little lazy. And, and it's funny because I, <laughs> especially when I'm, I try to be, one of the things that is you notice, you might notice, I'm slow sometimes, and that's because I'm trying to use the right word. Because mm. I know how people jump on words because mm. the words, right? And I'm trying to find the right word sometimes, and it takes me a while. I know what I want to say, and what I want to say most times, the first time ain't the right time. I, so I have to think about it because mm. I know it will get in the way of communicating. Mm. Um, so what I admire about the way you guys are challenging the norms is that you're, the norm is that you're doing it. It's, it's something that I didn't fully understand with the trans people, with, with, with the trans people sound, with trans, um, because they're really, all of these structures are evolving you know, and what and we're going to do a lot of things right as we evolve. And we're going to do a lot of things. And there's going to be opportunities for us to do a lot of things better as we refine. Because some of it is like doing this. Yeah. And and as long as we because the world is as wide as it can fucking be. It's infinite. Right. So all we got is just time as we exist. And I. Um, I, what I what I like, or at least what I feel, I get from what you guys are saying is that you're using the relationship and the decisions that you're making within it to reflect back onto you all, and that's something that I didn't that I'm that, that I'm glad to see for y'all because I know y'all like I'm in, I love this brother, and and I, and I, and I, and I want to see you grow and develop to whatever you know you have inside of you to come out. And sometimes for us as men, we've got to take uncomfortable paths. And sometimes that means doing shit that we doing shit differently. I'll just say. Um, but it sounds like in your in your route, you're doing that, and I and I and I love that. I'm just doing it in this framework shit that I got. And I, I, I feel as free as I've ever felt, even when I was cheating. I didn't even feel free back then, to be a hundred. It sounds like, it's, it's, it sounds stressful it's to cheat. It's stressful. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing though too, even when I was single, hmm. even when I was single and fucking around with a bunch of different chicks and didn't have, that's another thing I feel, that's a separate 
It's a shepherd. <laughs> if it, if it, I don't know if it helps to think of it this way, but like, consider that like every woman you had sex with has made you better. The reason you are this beautiful person who is so good at healing and communicating and loving and um, seeing what people need and how to be generative is because these women yeah. have blessed you yeah. with this experience. Even and, and I find that I, and the way that I pay those women back is by the way that I conduct myself in my present relationship. Because mm -hmm. I can't go back, right? Yeah. But I can address, and that's what I'm trying to talk to men about doing differently. We get so much from women. And whatever framework you set up, stop being a bitch and get your shit together. And I'm not and I'm not using it in contrast to no, but it's just yes, we we there, there's work that we have to do. And a right. part of that is changing all of these old stories and narratives in our head right. about the value of women, what they bring to the table, how our lives are enriched or a lack thereof when we commit to them. It's all fucking bullshit. My father used to tell me all the time, God's, God's greatest, and I, and, and I universe is what I translated it to, God's greatest, greatest gift is through the family. I did not understand what that meant. I didn't understand that all of, I can't be great without what I'm doing. If you leave a man to himself, you didn't left that motherfucker in a really bad shape, I feel, just because of how we're programmed in this society. Now, now 4,000 years ago, <laughs> leaving a man to a, be a man, I don't know what you get there. But we this get shit? this, I think. 4,000 years ago? I think a guy 4,000 years ago created with a woman uh, another man who learned the lessons of his father and that men keep telling, kept telling themselves this story of how things are, of how women are, of their are like what your role should be in relation to it. You don't think slavery has more to do with that than four thousand years ago? Because um, because there used to be matriarchal systems. Like men ain't men ain't always ran shit. There have been periods where women was doing it. Totally. Queen of. I know, exactly. <laughs> who did the queen of uh, Sheba marry? A wise man. Mm, what can I say? Can I, can I, I think that one of the things, when you talk about like being freer today than when you were single or cheating, like I can attest to that. And part of my understanding of why it's freer is that I was, I was so many different people. Yeah. I was a different person for the girlfriend, a different person for the three other girls. At work, I was... I was what, let's say Capitol Hill, I had my like, little suit on, and I was just like, ooh, young black, like political. Billy. And I had all, exactly. <laughs> Back home, I had all this stuff, and like today, I've been able to merge all these things. I don't have things to remember or whatever, or to perform. It's like, what was the lie I told? You know, I get to, I get to kind of, and people each step, are like people might watch this video and learn some new shit, it's like, that's okay. I don't have to stress. I used to think about how I looked, you know, and now I'm just more concerned with being. And that includes at the moment something we call non-monogamy, but looks looks like I have the freedom to have. It looks like marriage for the most part, and it looks like love for the most part. And I have the freedom to um, to not be fearful of, of jealousy the way that I used to. I have a real partner and friend 
who I also get to have sex with. That's amazing. And um, so, yeah. So I think we're like, what are the things, like you were saying, you know, you like, like you're good with women and like you liked that aspect of it. I think like we're, we're good with people. We're, we're really good at flirting and making people feel seen and, you know, conversating and, you know, um, it's a fun experience and it's fun to be with us. And even though we're not having sex, I bet you're having a really good time and having a really generative, you know, experience with us. And like, who, me? Yes. No. You're not having fun. You know how many times I looked at my watch? Oh my god! Wait for this shit to be over. (laughs) Sorry, it's tough when you've got all the world's knowledge contained in this Uh, vessel. Yeah. It's gonna take a a minute to get out. That's right. But no, you you um, I I I really appreciate the time. One of the things I gotta say too, Billy is a dope motherfucking MC. Listen, and I'm about to play a video of him spitting as we close. So, boom. It is your boyfriend on the beat. This shit unfortunate. Tough talk, but ego porcelain. Daddy issues like children up in the orphanage. They peddle silly, awful shit from corner offices. Get you a corporate gig, a dig. Put your coffin in. It's all fake and life wasted. I'm partisan. But face it, the matrix about to start again. One girl missing, another one go missing. One girl missing another But niggas don't know how to feel Never learn to sit with our shit for real Still, sharp and steel But give me some place to heal I will Test the line and call a bluff Always selling stuff Same system, tell us to be tough Gotta stop Profit when we think we not enough A Lot of us can't even see the truth In the mirror that God is us One girl missing another one go missing One girl missing another Cause all these symbols got us lost And absent, following actors Shun the leaders and promote detractors I wonder what happens Your whole map is inaccurate It's actually backwards We all one thing, Ken Your faculty's fractured I'm chillin', relaxin' You swingin' with axes Stop watching that bullshit Practical magic One girl missing another one go missing One girl missing another Trans woman was murdered They use words to split and divert us But we family, we not a burden And when we see our sisters hurting Stop and listen, that's the first thing See worth in deeper than words can Fancy that, Keisha had one chance She's still working You judge first, but not the shit you immersed in We the earth seeing itself First person We the new Vanguard